What is up, what Mr. Is Ike up? Landman? Kyle Crosby in the house. What's up? That was sweet. That's an intro. I like that intro. I do. It might change over time, but I, we, it was the first attempt. That was fun. That was fun. I dig the the, the fucking recorder was, was on point. <laughs> that helped me a lot. Fun Dude. fact, that is literally me in this room <laughs> with my recorder into this microphone. Well, that thing I saw this morning about uh, oh, playing. dude, I was so I was laughing when you said that to me. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "This is perfect." I saw this today. Some about playing three blind mice on the recorder. It was it was fucking awesome. Yeah. So Ike sent me a little meme uh, or tagged me in it on the pages of faces. Uh, let me just read this because it it was funny, and I'm not gonna be able to see it. Oh, you're gonna find oh, no, it. Here it is. Here it is. So the meme is literally Kermit hanging up against a brick wall. And it says, I'm so glad I was taught how to play the recorder at school. It has come in really handy in adult life. Lost count of the times I've resolved a difficult situation with a quick blast of three blind mice. I mean. I forgot about three blind mice when I was, uh, when we were talking about it last time. I just know that recorder was so fucking annoying. I didn't remember exactly what music was played on it. There was actually even a song, but there was. Yeah. So that's what. That's, I mean, if you, if you don't get the joke, go back and listen to episode two. <laughs> I just sent episode two to a buddy of mine who's 78 years old, Ooh. and he's super pumped about listening to it. And, uh, and, I, and I'm just curious just to hear what he has to say about it. If he, uh, if he feels the feels <laughs> that, that, that we feel when we're doing it. Um, so before we started and got the intro going, um, by the way, again, so pumped to be here. This is so much fun. Yeah, it's Saturday morning. It's, uh, it's early. It's balls. It's cold as balls outside. It's like minus 10. I think the wind chills was minus 17 outside. We're in this nice little warm office, chilling, drinking some good coffee. Um, it's just a great morning, man. Feeling good yeah, this morning. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. It's like, um, yeah, even with all this like uh, uh, cold and everything this week, I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. It's, uh, yeah. How are you? How are you this morning? I'm pretty good, too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Hang That's on. Awesome. <clears throat> okay, good job. There you go. Oh. Um, so we were talking uh, at the coffee shop about, um, you said you usually don't go to sleep till midnight. Yeah. And you get up at six. And, uh, dude, I need, like, I usually go to sleep around 10, and then I'm up at, like, 6, 6.30. And sometimes it's, like, it doesn't feel like that's enough. It's just weird because I feel like sometimes I just, I, I need more sleep. But last night I went to bed at midnight, and I got up at 6, well, 6.15. I feel great. That's awesome. Yeah. My sleep schedule is jacked. I'm all over. So there's nights where I'll get, like, I don't know, three hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And then there's nights where I'll get like 10. It's really all over. So uh, typically, like a normal a normal sleep thing is like 11 to midnight, yep, crash. And then my wife gets up super early when she goes to work. And so she's up like at 5, and then around 6, she's leaving the house with the boys. And so I'm usually up at least awake, even if I'm not out of bed, around that time. And then I'll say goodbye to the boys and we'll whatever. Sure. And then sometimes I'll go back to sleep after that. And so I might sleep until seven. Uh, so I'll get another hour. And then some days it's like I'm asleep really early, but then I wake up like in the middle of the night and I can't fall back asleep. And so that was last night. 
I fell asleep like 9, 30, 10, and I was up by like 1, and I was just up. So what the fuck do you do at 1 a.m. until now? Well, I was thinking about this podcast, <laughs> and then I was thinking, okay, go back to bed. And that doesn't help anything, no. ever. Uh-uh. And then it just depends. Sometimes I'll just flip on an iPod and... An iPod, yes, an iPod. I have an, an iPod. OG, like original or Nano, or what are we talking about? Yeah, I think it's a Nano. Okay, I can see the songs. It's not like that old school little square one. But <laughs> and I was listening to music, or mm-hmm. I'll put it up on YouTube and listen to music. You don't watch? You're not a TV movie guy, whatever. I I will, but uh, like the the effort was to actively still fall asleep. Oh, okay. so I didn't want to like I was up, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to be active and then like go in the living room and watch TV and the way our house is situated um, our TV in our living room like you can put it quiet obviously but it does kind of carry through the sound does through our hallway mm-hmm. where all the bedrooms are and like well then I gotta go close the boys rooms and oh it's yeah. easier just to not <laughs> you don't yeah you don't have like a, a separate place to go to listen or watch TV or I do in my basement I have a man cave uh, is it a true man cave or is it just like a family it's room? It's a finished basement. Okay, fine. Fucking. Fuck you. Yeah, well, it's just... not true, but it is. But the problem with that is it's directly below my oldest boy's bedroom. Oh. <laughs> so it's either way you're fucked. Yeah. Either way. So I'm better off watching like an iPod or an iPad or a computer and just wearing headphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you wear headphones like we're wearing now? Do you have no. them over the ear? What do you wear? No, I just have some cheap wireless earbuds oh, i fucking hate those ones that go in your ear i actually really like these and i like them which is bizarre because it's bizarre because i got them not this past christmas but two christmases ago from my mom and they're like 15 dollars on amazon what are they like skull candy or some shit no they're like it's even a worse brand it's like comb proof or something like that it's a no name chinese brand one earbud stopped working for a random like three months, and then I just charged the case for like a day and a half, and it started working again. Is there are they are they like knockoff Air, AirPod things? Uh, no, they're more. Um, I'm not a huge fan of AirPods. I've never tried them, but I don't want to. They don't like. Do I don't for me. Like just using Apple-based cheap earbud earphones, like they hurt my ears. So these are more like um, more like the Skull Candies or what you'd see on like a Sony or a Bose, where it's more form-fitted to your ear. Mm-hmm. Um, See, all that shit hurts my ears. I can only do that for, I don't know, I got baby, tiny baby ears in my head or something. But yeah. I, I you stick them in there, and they last for like mm, like a half an hour max, and then it just hurts. And it's like I've tried as many over-the-ear things that are not like a full headset like we're wearing right now. Um, nobody can see us, so <laughs> Kyle's wearing an over-the-head professional-grade uh Road is that what they are? What, who makes no, them? I don't. Whatever these, they are, these things are. They're like noise canceling headphones. They're just. They're not professional grade. They were part of a kit. Shut up, fucker! This okay, is this, this is, is so this awesome. Is you guys, grade. I can't hear anything, <laughs> and I can't hear anything in this room other than Kyle and I's voice in my ears. So, um, but now my buddy, oh yeah, I, I talked to you about them. Yeah, I was hoping you'd bring them in. Oh shit! That's right. I was gonna bring those in. So anyway, that's what I listen <laughs> to now. We talked about those. But um, my buddy that's going to listen to the podcast, a seven or eight-year-old guy, um, he's looking for a set like that, too. And so I'm going to have to show him to him, too. So I have to buy a pair just to lend out. Right. 
Next sponsor, Aftershocks. <laughs> we have two sponsors now. <laughs> two sponsors Sponsor already. This is, a way that, this is how we do it. We just force feed our sponsors until they like us. <laughs> no, they're we never going to do it. There's like, no, we'll just keep taking the free. Yeah, we don't want to align with those For guys. the 30 people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. Hey, but 30 people, I looked. What? We have an audience of like 30 people. Subscribers? Not so, I don't think oh. they subscribe, but 30 <laughs> people listened. That's good. Like 30 individuals listened. 30 individuals outside of us. Yeah. What? Kudos, everybody. You clearly are sharing this because this is, yeah. I think I only shared it with five people. I think I shared it with seven. So we can we can account for 12 of the 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so fun, fun fact. I was uh, talking to my son, who was the first person I shared this with. Um, and uh, he's in Florida, by the way. Shout out to Connor sitting on the beach in Florida. Uh, taking Lucky. in some sunshine. I was talking to him on the phone, and, and I could just hear people in the background splashing in the pool. And I'm like, you fuck. It's 10, 10 degrees below zero here right now. But he was pretty happy about it, so it's all good. But we were talking, and, um, and he says, uh, he said, I asked him if you'd listen to the last, you know, have you listened to it yet? You know, I do that. And he's like, no, I haven't listened to it yet. He's like, but my friend from college called me on the phone while he was listening to it to tell me <laughs> it was awesome. And so that's that's legit right there. Yeah. You know, college kids, you know, that's a thing. Got to get in a whole new audience. That's what the that's what all the sponsors are for. And relive some college days. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I want to relive too many college days. College days were a mess for me. I was so I did not want to go to college at all. I was um, when I was in high school. Uh, my oldest, my my oldest brother, he um, he went into the navy, and I was like, oh, I could do that. I hated school. I was barely passing school. I mean, barely. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, he went into the navy, and it was like, no offense to the navy, but it's like it didn't seem as hard as like or what I thought would be as hard as going to the Army or the Marines or, or something like that. So he goes into the Navy, and uh, um, and he's making good money, and he's traveling all around the world. And I'm like, well, shit, that sounds like the life right there. You don't have, to, you don't have any bills. You're going to get on a boat. You're going to go all over the world. Why not? What, how, what could go wrong with that? So I, I was all signed up for the recruiting office. And my best friend in the world at the time, uh, if he listens to this, I'm going to feel kind of bad, but it's the truth. Um, so he, uh, uh, shout out to Brian. Love you, man. I haven't talked to you in years, but uh, here it is. Um, we had a pact. We were going to go into the Navy together. Okay. So he was a couple years older than I was. He had already graduated. He was working at the same place I was working. And, uh, and we were like, okay. So I, I told him, I said, hey, I went and talked to this recruiter. As soon as I turn 18 to graduate, I'm signing up, we're going to ship out. So we're going to both go to the Seabees and uh, go into the Navy. And as soon as I was out of high school and um, I was, I was dating my first wife at the time we met when I was, uh, when we were in high school and um, my birthday came around and on my fucking birthday, he told me that he signed up and he's shipping out like within two weeks. And I was, I was, oh, I was fucking heartbroken, man. Mm. I was, uh, I just, I, I was so planning on this, this thing from my, my best friend and I, we were going to do this thing together and ride this out and just see where it took us. And when he shipped out early, it was, uh, 
Yeah, it just wrecked me. It just fucking wrecked me. And so I was so pissed off. So first I went and got good and drunk. Like really fucking drunk. I think I drank a whole bottle of Aftershock, which is really <laughs> bad. Could you drink legally at 18 at the time? No. 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 No, this was... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when that changed. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How, I mean, am, I know you're 40-something. Am, am I supposed to say this shit? Am, am I going to no. get post-fine? Post for Anyway, no. No, I don't think so. I hope not. I've talked about in high school doing poor man Jaeger shots yeah. and having Roman candle wars. So, so yeah. No, no, we were. I mean, everybody did, but but yeah. uh, we weren't. It wasn't legal. You know, it's always like you got to have the guy, and he was my guy too. Oh. You know, so it was it was fucked up. So, so anyway, it was uh, it was. I was just like fuck it. You know, and then and then my ex-wife, um, she says to me, she says, well, maybe you should go to college. I'm like, there's college is not the life for me. And and but but then I was like, fell in love. Mm-hmm. Fucking love makes you do stupid shit. Mm-hmm. So then I went to college. We can go to campus together. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. It was just like, I don't know. It's like she believed in me for some weird reason. <laughs> well, you got married, so that's a good thing. Well, yeah, no, I know. I'm. I'm not saying it was like a bad thing overall. It was like one of the greatest experiences as far as like bringing my kids into this world. And I experienced a lot of living and and I'm not regretting anything. I will. I never regret it, but I just don't know what the fuck I was thinking going to college because it was like not my jam. So Um, how long did you go to college for? um, I went to college for um, almost two years. Okay. So I, I went for an associate's degree in printing technology. Okay. I wanted to be a graphic designer, to tell you the truth. So growing up my whole life, I was like, oh, I love to draw. I love drawing. Um, I just I would spend hours and hours and hours just drawing and sketching and doing all these things. And so I'm like, oh, this is what I want to do. I could do this for a living. This would be amazing. And I can do it on a computer, which is even better, because then I can make a lot of money doing that, because they came to my high school and said, oh, graphic designers, da 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 da, da. So um, it was a double degree, graphic design and printing technology. So you got to learn how to run printing presses and all that. It was great. So I, I decided I had to buy the most fucking expensive Macintosh computer known to man. Do you remember those ones? It was like a. It was the was it the colored back, big half huge yeah yeah, yeah it was like a it was like a it was like a um a convection oven <laughs> on my desk is what it was so huge and it had the disc that drive right in the side oh that was. So satisfying. Like one thing, right? That's Max claim the famous. I got one unit, right? Just boom. So um I bought one of those for like it was like twenty five hundred dollars yeah, back then. Crazy. It was so stupid. And it was a piece of shit. It was a legit piece of shit. Like it didn't work that well. So and I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought I had to have it. It was a Mac. So so I bought this computer, went to school, um, and figured out real quick that my ADD does not allow me to sit in front of a computer <laughs> for hours at a time. I can draw, so I don't know what the difference is. I can draw and, and sit there for hours and get lost in the drawing, but I cannot sit in front of a computer and, and, and uh, oh, you know something funny? When I, when I listen to our podcast, back, I do this and, 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 and thing all the fucking time. Drives me crazy. I don't know what it's what I do, but oh my god, I wish there was a thing. It's just like done. I don't want. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so 
I was just like, it was not working real well with the graphic design. I thought it was going to be great. And, and so what I basically, all I would do was I would draw something and then I would scan it and then put it into the file yep. and then I would turn that in and they're like, you can't do that. So, so then, um, so then I started running printing presses and it turns out I was really good at that. Yeah. So it was more, it was more, uh, manual, more visceral, whatever the word I'm looking for is, but how did we get to this? I don't remember. Fuck. That's the great thing. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I did. Our first, I remember when, so my dad and his work was big into like technology stuff. And so we were early adopters of computers. What's your dad do? Uh, at the time he was running, um, a call center or plus an IT department uh, oh. for Great Lakes okay. student loans down in Madison, uh, the servicing department. Anyways, um, so we had a computer, a PC at our house at an early age. It was like a Windows, you know, 95 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like man, that dial up. up. Fuck, yeah. You're sitting there and. Get off the internet. I need to use the phone. Because <laughs> everyone had landlines. Kids these days will never know the pain. Yeah. Never know. You can't make a phone call while you're on the... When, but wait a minute. Let's back up a little bit. Your first computer had dial-up? Mm-hmm. So you didn't even get into the Commodore 64 no. days? Oh, no. man. That was the shit. We had one in, in our entire high school. Dang. One. And we played, <laughs> we played Oregon Trail. We play. Yep. <laughs> we learn how to do DOS. Um, you do math out like you build a program, and yeah. make it do eight plus four, and it was mind blowing. It was mind blowing, but it wasn't ever like my jam. Did it, you have to take typing classes, fuck. like how to hold and actually use your fingers? Oh, home row, baby. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Do kids still have to do that these days? I don't know. I think, or is it just I, like so prevalent, and it's just a thing that it's just. Second nature now. I don't think so. I, I I don't think it's second nature quite yet for kids. Um, I remember my kids. They did it younger though, like they did typing classes when they were in, in, in like they, part of their grade school was learning how to use a laptop because they all get Chromebooks in middle school. Yeah. So I think it's part of their 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 schooling is a uh, um, in a, what is it K through five. Okay. K through five now is, is they, they learn how to use computers then because, yeah, mine wasn't until high school. And we had to do I think mine keyboarding. was high school too, yeah. Keyboarding class. And you had to have so many words a minute. Yep. What was your max? I don't know. You don't know? Because if, if you're timing me, I'd probably panic and then I'd start hitting wrong <laughs> keys and I'd go back to and default to my two-finger method. Oh, do you Y'all can't see this, but I'm hitting my <laughs> table with my two fingers. Yeah. I, you're, you're a hunting pecker. <laughs> every every young man's a hunting pecker. Yeah, I I've progressed greatly. I can type very efficiently now. That's great. Well, you should because you got to write long ass grants and shit, right? No, I don't write grants. Oh, you don't do that. I fulfill grants. Oh, you fulfill. You're a fulfiller. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, man. We had to do. Uh, I think you had to do thirty six to Which be proficient. Seems really easy. Now it seems easy now, but to say it, but I, to actually do it, if I could hit thirty, I don't know if I could hit thirty six right now. There was people doing like sixty, yeah, and it was like fucking overachievers, but it was just their thing. They could just go fast. It's the way their brain worked. I do the typey thing now too. 
don't know if you can hear it, but it's like, clicky clicky. Yeah. Hey, you can't talk to us, but let us know in your mind how many <laughs> words per minute you can type. <laughs> you know, if we're doing this right, they're already fucking thinking about it. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Are we ever gonna do a thing where we can call in? You think if people would want to do that? I don't know if we want to do a call in, but I feel like there should be a way. And granted, this is I, I say this recognizing that we have thirty people possibly listening without any more people listening like is there a way to get like feedback or continue a conversation outside of the podcast do we open up a i don't know like what is what's like a, a discord or whatever it is yeah discord that's what my kids like just to know, keep conversation rolling discord. or let people connect with each other who actually listen to this thing that might be fun yeah that's another project that's another project i was just thinking like what if one day for our 30 listeners and we'd have to we'd have to message each individual listener to say hey we're gonna do a live show on saturday whatever this time just to see and then if you wanted to like call in and, and be part of the conversation it'd be kind of fun <laughs> but you don't know what kind of wild shit people would say yeah that could be that could be fucking weird it would be weird you're you're leaving a podcast realm and going into a radio show realm is it really though i mean we'd, we'd still be we'd just be recording it true but how do you do, I mean, where do you broadcast live on? I don't know. I mean, you the thing know. you got to realize is as we delve into these deep conversations, we just lost five of our 30 listeners. So now we're down to 25. Fuck, really? Probably. Okay. Well, all right. Well, if they're not listening, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about them. I, I thought we made that clear in the beginning. I don't know why the hell you assholes are listening anyways. This is about Ike and I. Jeez. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, so, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it radio show it was just in my mind so i have a uh, a training for work that i have to attend it's like a three-day four-hour thing each day and uh i was here in our little studio when i was recording it because i figured all oh, this these little acoustic panels with this lights would be a nice backdrop so i'm like you know what i'm gonna hook the mics up or the mic up to my zoom call and training oh. and talk Everybody, and so I'm oh the jackass God. on Zoom. I've got my headphones on so I can hear. <laughs> I've got this mic in front of me. And, you know, you got to do your introductions. And so I do my introductions. And these these people, <laughs> this guy on, Zo on this, uh, this Zoom thing, he's like, your voice is amazing. Because <laughs> you should go into radio. I'm like, yeah, this is just a podcast, Mike. Uh, no, it's, it's not, though. It's not. It's you got this highly you got edited. A sexy, sexy voice. Don't give me that shit, highly edited. You can't edit your voice. You got... I can many, change things. Well, yeah, you can, yeah, I, make I can it a little add, higher. I can add. What are you going to add? I don't know what the term is. Like, if you add or take out little sound, of, like sound effects is the wrong thing. Yeah, but so you can't, you can't make processing, my voice. Processing. It's well, processing. You can't make my voice sound like your voice. Mm. So, I can make you sound like an alien. Well, I don't need to sound like <laughs> a fucking alien. All I'm saying is that. Is that the people that I know that have listened to this said Kyle's got a great voice for podcasts? They're like, oh yeah, he's got that mm. great voice, and it's just like, yeah, it's like fuck him. I don't, I, I don't have the voice. You do though. I, See, I this could get back to the name thing. The name. So when we're talking about, are, do you like your names? Oh yeah. Uh -huh. Do people like their voices? Oh. And when you listen back to your voice, I, I think a lot of people dislike their voice. I, I every every time in my life I've ever heard my voice. It's only been on like a home video or um, or like a recording on an iPad, iPod Nano or something like that. That's the only time I've ever heard my voice. And so when it gets played back that way, I fucking hate it. But 
when I hear it on here, it doesn't sound that way. It doesn't no, sound you the sound same. good too. Well, because of this dope system, but I'm saying. No. See, now you just did exactly what oh, you told me fuck. was wrong. It's not the system. It's your voice, Ike. Oh, fuck you. Posit <laughs> positive self thoughts. I don't know. Uh, whatever. All I'm saying is that everybody says you got a great voice on here. And, and it's good. It's all good. So the dude that told me you had a great voice, okay, one of the dudes, one of many. He's a dude. She's a dude. We're all dudes. Yeah. What, what is that? I think that's, oh, is that Good Burger? It's an old, I, I, like, Nickelodeon. No, you lost me. Yeah, no. never mind. I'll find it for you. Yeah, just, too. yeah, find it for me. So when we were talking about we need a dude to sit over in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like my buddy Bill. And so he told me, he's like, dude, when you brought that up, I was laughing so hard. He's like, I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. I'm not being your fucking yeah. researcher. Yeah. Well, he's because he says, as soon as Kyle said, when you said something about, yeah, he's going to want to talk. And you're like, that ain't happening. <laughs> I was joking. I know, but he's just like, nah, I, that ain't my thing. It's like, all right. So we, we got to find that dude yet. Um, <laughs> To sit over there and shut up and, and look shit up. Oh, that's the what they say. They got a face for radio. That's what it is. That's 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 us. We got the face for radio. Yeah, yeah. Not you, me though. Nah, you've been on them <laughs> TV screens. Mm. Briefly, briefly. It was fun though. That was some cool shit. Um, I uh, uh, one of those experiences you have in life that you never really. Okay, so um, when I was when I was growing up, I was always really overweight, picked on a lot. I think mm -hmm. we covered that a little bit in the, at the previous uh, podcast, but it was I got to stop doing that. Shut up! This is what's going to happen. When I was a kid growing <laughs> up, um, yeah, man, it was always like uh, uh, I I just didn't fit in. I was always super overweight. Um, it was uh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on so many fucking tangents here. That's you're fine. not even going to be able to keep up. So this is what happened. Um, sixth grade, right? So how much did you weigh in sixth grade? Uh, I was a freaking twig. I don't even know. 100 pounds. Okay, 100 pounds, right? So most kids are like 1 to 120, 30, you know, sixth grade. You're 11, right? 11 years old, 12 years yep, old, right around there. there. Yep. So um, sixth grade. And sixth grade for me um, was still uh, elementary school when I was growing up. And, um, and so the seventh and eighth was middle school. And, and here uh, in the good old Midwest, sixth, seventh, and eighth is middle school. So it's um, sixth grade. I go to school. And it's kind of rainy and shitty out. Walk to school. And I'm wearing my Batman sweater. I, w I don't know who the fuck let me dress myself when I was a kid, <laughs> but it was a mistake. So I'm wearing my Batman sweater. I'm pretty proud of this. It says Batman across the shoulders, you know. Um, and we get in school, and uh, um, I'm pretty self-conscious already just about my weight and everything, and I get picked on enough about it, but it is what it is. And so we got gym class, right? So uh, we go in, get changed. Fucking gym class, man. In middle school, gym class. I don't know if they do it now the same, but, man, when you got to take a shower, all that – together and change in the locker room that was the fucking worst i don't so, remember ever having to shower we had to shower after gym class and it's oh, fucking brutal man nobody wants to 
You know, no. there's like the really confident kids that pretend like they want to, and this is my, me putting my shit on them to make me feel better about it. But nobody wanted the shower after gym class with all these other kids. Right. It's like, like, oh man, I don't want any, you don't want anybody to see your, your fucking your cock hanging out. Like, you, it's like nobody wants that, but they made you do it. I'm assuming the girls was the same thing, and it was just like it just sucked because middle school was so fucked up as it was. You don't need to. It was worst. It was the worst. Anyway. So we got gym class, we walk in the gym, and in the middle of the fucking gymnasium, I shit you not, in the middle of the gymnasium is a fucking scale. And, um, sorry, you just distracted me. <laughs> in the middle of the gym is a, is, a, is a scale. It's the one with the little sliding numbers on it, right? Yeah. You know? And, uh, and uh, the gym teacher happens to be the, the football coach. And he's like, today we're going we're gonna to do a health assessment. We're going to weigh in. And everybody's like, oh, and I'm fucking thinking anything I can do to get out of this mm-hmm. school today. I do not want to weigh in, first off. I especially don't want to weigh in in the middle of the fucking gym in front of everybody. That was my day. So we go get changed, and we're standing in line, single file, up to this fucking scale. And the coach has got his clipboard with your name on it, and he's calling out people's weights. Okay. That sucks. Jenny, That's... Jenny, whatever, 97. You know, yep. Brian, Brian, whatever, 112, down the line. So I'm standing there, and I'm fucking sweating bullets, right? I'm just like, God, please fucking strike me dead right now. I'll, I'm, I'm ready. Just take me. I'm done. And uh, uh, we're getting closer, and all of a sudden I hear this from behind me. What do you think Ike weighs? It's like, fuck. Mm. Okay. It's fine. See, whatever. Psst, 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 psst. Hear the fucking whispers and shit. And uh, we get up to the scale, right? And the kid in front of me, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember how much they weighed. I just know it was a lot different to me. So I get up to the scale, and I stand on there, and it goes, clink, you know? Yep. And, the, and the fucker jacks up. And it's like, everybody's like, psh, 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 oh, my God, oh, my God, right? And I can hear it, you know? And then I, he's just sliding it, click, click. Mm. Oh, man, it's fucking brutal. 200 pounds. I, I, I tipped the scale exactly 200 pounds when I was in the sixth grade. And it just rippled all the way through whoever was left in line and whoever was standing off the side that already did it. He's like, landman, 200, get off the scale. And he was all businesslike about it. How could, A, why the fuck? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is, right there, is there any awareness around this at this time? Um, so anyway, I mean, it's, it is what it is. So (laughs) I get off the scale, right? And, and so we're, we're standing there. Everybody else gets weighed in and then we go do some stretches and shit and whatever. And we do our PE class. Um, and when it was some kind of like, did you guys do the presidential fitness test thing? Yeah. So it's pull-ups and push-ups and how far you could, did you put your feet on the stairs? You, to put, you sit down on the ground, you put your feet up on the stairs, and then you got to reach over to see how far past your feet oh. you can get your fingers. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, a, that, it was like we were prepping for that. That's what we were doing. So how much you weigh, and then, then one day we do this, and one day we do this, da-da-da-da-da. So, but it's still the sixth grade, and it's still elementary school, so we have recess still, right? So we get done, everybody gets dressed. I start to hear it. No, 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 no. 
fat man. No. <laughs> oh man, kids are fucking mean, yeah, they man. Are. They're mean. So, and I can laugh about this now. So I don't want I don't want you to feel bad about me. No, it's just, I, and it's just like kids are just brutal. They are, and you know? I just as you retell the story, like clearly that wouldn't fly nowadays, which is I think a good thing. You think it wouldn't fly? I I would hope not, and I should say, I would I don't know, but I would hope not. Like. I think the shit happens. It just happens on a, on a device and not in people's faces. Yeah, oh, no. I think uh, when I say I, I would think this, I would hope this wouldn't happen. Um, clearly, kids are still going to talk and yeah. be bullies. Uh, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the active way out in front of everybody, call it out like that, I'm hoping wouldn't happen. Well, that's, yeah, I guess that's what I'm I'm saying. It. I think it happens, but it calls it. It's, it's in a group text, mm. you know, so someone links you in and then they start, you know, Obviously, you can you can you know dip out of a of a group text, but someone puts it on whatever social Snapchat, whatever they're talking about it. Um, it's and and it's just kids are shitty, and and I and you know, I think that it's 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 unfortunate that it's like uh, um, they're just trying to find a place, you know, and um, you know even even I even even being the kid that got picked on. In, in, in school, there were times when someone else was getting picked on where I was like, oh, yeah, what a nerd or something like that. Just because I was uh, I was just so happy not to be the one to be picked on. And it's fucked up, you know, but you're like, you're just a mess. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. a mess when you're that age and, and you don't know what's up from down. And, you know, I like to think I had pretty decent morals, but I know there were times when I could have been an asshole, you know, just just to, to avoid the to pull the attention off of me. You know, sure. Um, and 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 so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that I was better than anybody else. I'm not gonna sit here and say that um, because uh, you know my my memory of middle school, other than <laughs> fucking traumatic moments, is fairly vague as it is. But it's just like yeah, middle schoolers are just fucking brutal, man. Just brutal. So <laughs> so it's it's recess, right? And I'm walking out. I'm wearing my Batman shirt. <laughs> And everybody's giving me a hard time. So I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to go sit on the swings by myself. So I'm like, I, I know you can see it, but it's like there's, there's the old swing sets, the big steel ones with the chains and the rubber seat, you know, and there's always the dip yep. where your feet go, right? Well, it's all full of fucking water and mud and shit because it's been raining out. And, and I just want to get the fuck away from everybody. And nobody else was going to go on the swings because it was kind of wet out. You know, people were playing basketball or playing two-hand touch football or whatever back when you could. Um, and so <laughs> I go sit down, and I'm just feeling, like, so sorry for myself. And I'm just like, I just want to not be here. I sit down on the swing. I, I'm not fucking kidding you. The motherfucker breaks. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the, the swing, fucking the chain breaks and i land in the fucking mud so I'm, your day is just getting better <laughs> it was it's by far and away the worst fucking day of my middle school life at school by far it was the worst and i can look back on it and i can laugh about it because you couldn't write that shit yeah you know but it's like I can still see it so vividly in my mind. So it's like I pick myself up. I'm covered in mud. Everybody's looking at me and they're laughing because I'm covered in mud. I'm no, 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 fat man. And it's just like, oh, this is it. This is it. I'm just going to burst into flames right here on the fucking spot. Please, God, I don't want any more of this for the rest of my life. 
But it was like, uh, I can look back on that and I can say, God, like, that really fucking sucked. Yeah. But I made it through that. You know, and I think, honestly, I'm, I'm a better human being for it. I'm a kinder, you know, more forgiving, more understanding, more uh, um, loving human being for being the person that was on the end of the shit. Sure. You know, um, there were times when, when growing up, um, and I would get picked on and all these things, and, and, I, and I would just think to myself, I'm like, one of these fucking days, I'm going to prove you all wrong. I'm going to be... I'm going to be tall and handsome and I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a model. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that, you know, it's like, fuck you all. And, uh, and it was like, those moments were what kept me, um, I don't know, kept me going, I guess, you know, like there's, there's gotta be something better than this. And there, and there, and obviously there is, it's way fucking better than that. That's like the worst of the worst in, in a person's life. And, and then, and then, and then, and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> so, but at the time, it was all I could do to tell myself that. Yeah. You know? Sure. And it's like, and, and then when I was 31 years old, I, I, was, I got a, a modeling gig. Yeah. So let's, so we got on this because you were on TV. Um, right. Yeah. It, people can't see you. How tall are you? 6'4". You are a 6'4". <laughs> Fucking strikingly handsome <laughs> and built guy. You are fit. You are built. And you are tall. <laughs> so how did you, uh, I'm assuming, right, that those that story right there was a driving factor in the choice to lose weight. No. It wasn't. It was not at all. So no. what, what was the driving factor then? How did you do it? Um, I... I met a, I met a girl mm. like I met a girl that, so God, this is going to be kind of fucked up. So <laughs> like, this is the, I'm going to say something kind of fucked yeah, up. Segment. Well, no, I mean, this is some deep shit. So, you know, um, growing up the way I did, um, I just, I wasn't sure if anybody was ever going to love me, you know? And so I met this person that, that saw past the, the fat Ike, mm -hmm. saw past like, like all, the, all the shit that everybody else saw on the surface. And so, um, and so that really helped me to see and appreciate me a little bit more, you know, that I was more than just this chubby kid, you know, that, uh, you know, like I liked football and I liked these things, but I really wasn't good at too many things. And, and it was just something that helped me to see there was more to me than, than what met the eye. And, and at the time, I guess, like, personally, I wasn't sure if I really believed it, you know. And so, um, and she was like, <laughs> how do I, I don't want to disparage anybody. She had ideas on, on how I should live. Okay. Um, she was very focused and driven. And, and, and so she was like, you need to eat more salads. You need to eat some chicken you know, instead of pizza pockets, you know, and all that shit. So um, in the time after we met and through the end of high school, um, she kind of like helped me like know what a diet is. Um, I, had, I had tried diets before, but it was like, those <laughs> I don't know if you know, remember this. I don't know if you ever had to deal with this at all. You said you're twiggy in school, so probably not. 
but there was this, um, so my dad had this girlfriend who got into this, uh, uh, these shake programs. Okay. And you throw this <clears throat> powder in a blender and you use it as a meal replacement, yep. right? Yep. So, um, you could put anything in the world you wanted into it, you know, just to make it good. You know, it's, it was all good. Just don't, just drink your shake. Whatever's in the shake is in the shake. That's all you need to do, right? So I would stick like half a fucking jar of peanut butter <laughs> in the shake and blend it all up with milk. And, and it was like, I, I, and strangely enough, because that was the only thing I ate, I did lose some weight, but it wasn't like sustainable. That was probably my sophomore year in high school. But it wasn't until I met my ex-wife that um, she kind of helped me just kind of, yeah, get a diet going, you know, and, and start to feel a little bit better. And so I went from probably, I started working out, um, eating better, and uh, uh, drinking a lot more water and shit like that. And I went from, I was, at my at my heaviest, I was like 315. Okay. Um, that was like somewhere junior, senior year. I wish I would have kept a pair of pants from when I was that heavy because, you know, um, I don't think, you know, my, my, my waist was 44 inches. And... And looking back at having a 44-inch waist, um, and now my waist is like around the 32, 34. And um, that's a 10-inch difference. Mm -hmm. And when I'm like, when I talk to my kids and I tell them like how big I used to be, it's like I don't know that they can see it, you know, because they've only known me as, as not a big guy. Um, I've had a couple of heavier stages, but nothing like that. So... Um, so anyway, I should have kept a pair of those pants just, just for reference. I could probably pick one up at Vinny's, but it's a little late for that now. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, I started to lose some weight, um, got into college, and um, when I was uh, in college, I was probably hovering around eh, maybe 230, 240. Okay. Um, and uh, I was sporting the sweetest fucking goatee you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. What is it with, with college dudes? And what, I shouldn't even say it's what it is with college dudes because I don't know if my son's in college. He doesn't have a goatee, but <clears throat> I could grow one, but I couldn't grow a beard. All the stuff on the side of my jaw, it was like scraggly long yeah. ass. Like it was, it was ragged looking, but I could grow a goatee. And all my cousins had goatees, and so we all, everybody just everybody around me had a goatee. I'm like, oh, this girl a goatee. So I had a goatee, and I used to like shave, buzz my head. Okay, it was a really good look. You should have seen it. It's solid. Um, so uh, <laughs> sorry, man. I'm just visioning this fucking goatee <laughs> look like such a dumbass. Not to say that anybody that has a goatee looks like a dumbass. I particularly look like a dumbass with a goatee. I feel. I'm just self-deprecating here. So if you have a goatee and you're listening, this says no reflection <laughs> upon you and your goatee at all. I promise you look great. Love you. Um, so um, what? But so what happened was is that so my first son was born. I was 21 years old. Um, he he, and um, I was still like relatively unhealthy. I was in college, you know, um, back in the day. So there was a time when. Uh, God, I just feel like this has turned into me just running on, but it's what it is, I guess. So there was a time in, in uh, um, McDonald's had 25-cent hamburgers. So we would go to the drive-thru, and we'd order, like, 50 fucking hamburgers. Jesus. But we would you'd eat them because it's a McDonald's burger. The thing lasts for, like, six months. Yeah. So we would just take 
there were like however many in the, we could fit in a bag, and we just throw them in the fridge. Okay. And then we just eat on these 25-cent hamburgers as long as they would last. Because we're in college. We're trying to save as much money as possible. So if anywhere we could get free food or 25-cent hamburgers, 35-cent cheeseburgers when we're feeling extra spendy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was we ate like shit. Yeah. I ate like shit. I was still pretty active, but I ate like shit. Um, but it was like when my kids were born, that was like the, the real impetus for me to um, – to get fit. I, I, I always wanted to lose weight, but, but I really wanted to get fit when my kids were born because something happened to me, and I think it happens to a lot of people, but when, when, my, when I saw my babies, these, these like beautiful baby boys, um, I've got four kids and three stepkids, but I'm talking about my two oldest boys right now. When they were born, it changed me in so many ways, but, but one thing it did for me was it, I came to realize, like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a dad that couldn't hang with my kids. And I sure as shit didn't want to be a grandpa that couldn't hang with my grandkids. Sure. You know, so I've been around the family reunions and, and that when, when you see dads and you see grandpas and, and they're too overweight and their knees are fucked up and, and like, they can't, pick up their kids is easy and it's like they 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 just don't have the energy and the last thing I wanted was to be a low energy as a dad I wanted my kids to like jump on my back and you know wrestle me all over the floor and I just wanted to be able to do that with them and so that's really where um that came from was just this ultimate desire to be able to live an active life with my kids yeah. as they grew up because I want them to be active. I want them to see a healthy father. You know, I want them to, to look at that and say, that's what I, that's my, bur that's my bar. You know, if I can set a decent bar for them, that's right in front of their face. You know, they've, everybody's got heroes. They look up to Michael Jordan. And, and now it's like, uh, say his name, Tom Brady. Yeah. Hey, he won it. I, <laughs> I know. He said it. <laughs> he did. He did. He's the GOAT. I will say it. I'm going to say it right now. I love Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a close second. But when he seals a deal on, on win number seven, I mean, yeah. come on, son. Really? Yeah. Damn. Seven Super Bowls. Yeah, it's insane. Did you watch it? Did you watch the game? I did. Mm. Uh, it was on in the background. I actively watched, like, the last third of it. Okay. Last third. Oh, you actively you. So I was. The last third was like the shittiest third. Well, I I had no interest in the halftime show. I wasn't yeah, interested in commercials. Um, it was on, but I was putting my kids to bed, um, and so it was just like eh, I didn't really pay attention to it until the kids were in bed, and then I sat down and actually watched. Okay. So, but so you got little kids though, so they're going to bed early. Yeah. Yeah. How old's your kids again? Uh, three years and then six months. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I remember. I, I remember those days. So, you know, it's like, okay, we're eating supper, you know, and then we don't have, we didn't have it on during that. And I was like, oh, okay, it's time to go read books. So it's on in the background, but now I'm giving a bath and I'm giving reading books. Right. It's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. It's just, it's two teams I really don't care about. Yeah. So. I want to get back to that reading yeah, books. Yeah, let's get thing. back to the, but we can get, let's get back to you. Oh, you're going to get back. Well, no. So, yeah, so your ahead. kids kind of, yeah, so so my kids were were really the um, they were the the uh, true impetus for me to start getting healthy. Yeah, um, and and so um, I uh, uh, 
I was, I don't know, it's like around 30-ish, I guess, mm-hmm. when it really kind of turned the tide for me, and I started, like, really wanting to be healthy. Um, when I turned around 30, 31, there was this uh, uh, thing here in Baraboo called Fashion Rage. Okay. <laughs> You ever heard of Fashion Rage? No. Really? Oh, my God. I, I figured you should for sure know about Fashion Rage. So it was a, um, a local salon and um, a local marketing agent and then a local, um, oh, shit, what was it? Anyways, there was these three local ladies, um, and they wanted to put on a fashion show in Baraboo. And one of the um, one of the the lady, uh, her daughter, um, she was in fashion in fashion design, and she uh, designed clothes. And so she kind of had this in the industry feeling. You know, she kind of had an, an in in the industry, and, and it, I think it was something that really excited her. And she's a marketing specialist, so you know, show off your skills there, and then it's fun. You know, you get a bunch of people together, and you put on some fancy clothes and all these things, right? So at the time, I'm a I'm a printing press operator, right? And to to like put that into into a picture for you, um, I got I got a shaved head. I got it. I think I'm still sporting the fucking I mean, goatee. You gotta look. You gotta I got look. I got to look. I'm dirty. I got like cuts over my fingers, and it's like I just I just I don't see myself as anything but just this dude, right? And uh, a friend of mine was like, hey, they're looking for models for this fashion rage thing. You should try out for it. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not a model. I don't want anything to do with that. And she's like, just do it. And I'm like, no, uh-uh. I don't want to. I'm, I've been printing press operator and a dad, and that's, uh, that's enough for me. And, and so um, she asked me again like a week later, you should try out for this thing. My friend's doing this thing. You should check it out. I'm like, no, nope, I don't want to. Try it again, again, again. She wouldn't fucking drop it. And it's like, okay, here's the thing. Will you shut the fuck up about this? <laughs> if I go down there and and just like tell them like whatever I got to do, okay, fine, okay, this isn't for me, thank you, bye. Didn't my, she says, yeah, I will never ask you again, ever. I'm like, okay, good. So I go down to um the, the what's it called the old industrial crowd River Arts Building the what is it Baraboo oh Baraboo Arts yeah the Baraboo Arts Center. Um, for those of you who don't know what the Bear Board Center is, it's an old industrial building um, that they converted into a banquet hall and they do weddings and shit there. Pretty cool. A little, little modern looking on the inside. It's got the, you know, the ductwork showing and the brick and the beams and all that stuff. And then they did a good job with it. So they go down there and there's a, a, a runway. I, I hesitate to call it catwalk, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things. Catwalk is more in theater, I think, above the whatever. But I know like there's that... There's that song, right? Said Fred, <laughs> I'm too sexy. You know that song? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he he calls it a catwalk in that song. Um, but uh, it's a runway, and it's um, and they're like, you walk in, and you sign up, and, and they're like, okay, so you just got to, they said, walk. I'm like, what do you mean walk? And they said, we go to the end, and you just walk from one end to the other, and then you stop, and then you pretend like someone's going to take your picture, and then you walk back. I'm like, this is the dumbest fucking thing <laughs> I've ever heard of in my life. And and it's like, but if it gets my friend off my back, I'll do it. So we show up, and and I'm standing there in line with all these people. And everybody else there is between the age of, like, 15 and 19. Mm-hmm. And I'm 30. 
there was one other person that was that was in the general age range as me. And so this young girl who was the daughter of one of the um the uh the design woman, she's she's in the industry, she designs for fashion models, she does runway shows. And so she's the coach. She's going to tell us how we're supposed to walk, how we're supposed to look, all these different things and and she says, "So, she says this is how you walk." And then she does the walk and she says, "And now for <laughs> For you more mature models. <laughs> it's like, I've never felt old at 30 until that point when I was a, a mature model. And it's like, okay, whatever. So I walked, and and the girl's like, you're really good at this. It's like, and I think it's because I didn't give a fuck. Because I didn't want to be there. And so I was, I was just like, I wasn't thinking about it. Like the, So the thing about modeling is what I figured out doing it was that there's all these kids that they dream from a very young age of being a model and going to Milan and, and, and doing these big fancy runway shows. And so they get so stuck in their head because it's like, there's so much pressure for them. This is their chance. They're going to show off what they can do. They want to do this forever. This is their foot in the door. And I didn't care. And by not caring, it, it, that's what you're supposed to do is just mm -hmm. not care. So they said, well, we, we want you to do this. And it's like, fuck. So it's like, all right, fine. So I did it. And and it was pretty fun. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I gotta say, it was a good time because it was it was a party. You know, it's like yeah, I, I like it was. I like people. You know, so yeah, we showed up and we got to we put on some clothes, and um, and it's like I'm a pretty self conscious guy. Like I don't, I don't, uh, uh, I don't see myself as as should be on a stage. I don't really want to be on a stage, but I but what I found was like the camaraderie of the people that were doing it was really fun. Okay. Like we're all in this kind of this nervous thing. Everybody's nervous. Everybody's got the jitters. Like my, my, like my leg, my, my right leg. I remember the first time I ever did it in front of people, it was shaking. Like my, I don't know if it was adrenaline or what it was, but my leg was shaking. I couldn't get it to stop shaking. I'm like, I'm going to look like a fucking dumbass out there with my quivering ass leg <laughs> up on this thing. And it was like, it was just the feeling I got was really strange. It was like this new experience that, that I never thought I'd ever be in this place to do something like this. And it was just exhilarating. You know, it was something different in my life that I never thought I'd be able to do or, or never thought I would do. Um, even though when I was a kid, I said, I'm going to be a model someday. Mm -hmm. It didn't even cross my mind. So we do this thing and we walk and we try on some different clothes and we come out and it's, it's a hurry, hurry thing. And then it's like, uh, uh, you know, it's pretty disorganized because the first time they did it, but they had a couple decent photographers there. Um, and, uh, and after the, the runway show, I'm like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. I was done. I'm walking for the door and this woman stops me. She says, excuse me. So yeah, she goes, so how many years have you been modeling? And I said, uh, about a week and a half. <laughs> so she, she hands me her card and she says, we're doing a runway show in, in Madison and Milwaukee. And I'd like you to be part of my show. And I'm like, fuck you. And, and my, my wife at the time, she just started laughing. She's like, she's just somehow she knew somebody would think I was good enough. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then, then I just started doing runway shows. Do you get like paid for that? Fuck no, I don't get paid for that. It was that, that's the see that's the that's the trap, is that you get these kids to do this shit for free. Yeah, you know, 
And and it's like you do it for the exposure. So you, the exposure to to get to what point? Well, but that's the right exactly. So that's the fucked up part of that whole industry that I figured out, and it took me a little while. And the reason it took me a while is because I guess I had that mindset where I was just having fun. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. I had a, I had a good job. I had insurance. I didn't need this. It was just like, hey, this is kind of a fun little roller coaster. Let's see where it goes, you know. So I was doing it just for the hell of it. And and so you know, I would on my days off, I could I could go to Madison or whatever, and we would do a photo shoot or or a runway show or something. And I don't want to say it like I did this for years or something. It was only a, a couple of years I did it. Um, but uh, for for these for these young kids that were doing it, it's a brutal fucking industry, man. It is like it's hard on these kids, and and they're like they 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 don't eat well, you know, and they they exercise so much, and they try to stay so skinny, all for this 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 really really small chance to get paid to do this. Mm. So they'll spend, they'll, they'll like, there's these modeling expos and, and camps that they'll go to. And I, I know there was some, I met some kids that have been to this camp out in the, um, oh dude, this fucking poor kid. So I met this kid, he's probably 16 or 17 years old. And he wants to be a model so bad you can taste it. He's just like, he just, his energy is just like, man, I want to be this. So he, him and his folks had paid good, good money to go to these camps out in, out in California, these modeling camps, two, two weeks, three weeks, maybe a month. And, um, and he's so scared. Like, he's so scared. Like, he's, I don't even think he's really meant to be a model, but he's, on, he's in all the modeling agencies. He's got headshots everywhere. This is his dream, right? So he's, he does the walk right, right in front of me. He's the, he's the guy ahead of me um, to see if he's going to make the show. And he's walking, and he comes back, and they ask him to walk again, and he comes back, and he's nervous, and and he comes up to the front, and, and I overhear the conversation, and the coach is like, and this wasn't this wasn't in in uh, Baraboo, this wasn't at Fashion Rate, just was at a different, uh, this I think this was in Milwaukee, because um, uh, the I don't want I don't want people to think that that because people are gonna know who the Fashion Rate people are, sure, and I don't want them to think that they said this to this this sure, poor sure. kid, so. This um, this this person uh, judging him basically said, first you got to pull the two by four out of your ass, and second you got to lose thirty pounds. And this kid was he was thin. He had mm -hmm. a little he had a little like a little pouch in the front, like he was. A, mm -hmm. But I mean, he wasn't overweight, and it's just like and and it was devastating for him. Yeah, you know, and yeah. but at the same time, he took this this like criticism. And all he wanted to do was, and it's, uh, he just wanted to get approval. That's all he wanted, you know? So, um, so he's like, all right, this is what I got to do. I got to work harder. And it's like, he'd been working his ass off. And it's like, sometimes I think, I think when, when somebody's young and, and, uh, and they're, and they're, and they've, they've poured everything they have into something, everything. And, and if it just doesn't, after, after a, a couple, two, three years, if it doesn't, if it's not working, somebody's got to be able to say to them, listen, like maybe right now this isn't for you. Maybe turn your focus to something that's a little more fulfilling and then you can circle back to this maybe, you know, in the modeling world, it's like, if you're, if you're 18 years old, you're old, yeah. you know? So that's an industry, an industry. I just, uh, I don't understand it. 
frankly, I have zero interest in understanding it. And I also wonder, like, this is just a quick note, and then I want to circle back on something. Um, fashion shows or pageants, how much of that is, like, parent-driven? I think the little kids ones are more parent-driven. I, I don't know how I feel about that. It's fucking, it's weird, man. It is. It's so, so weird. But and I get, like, maybe if you're the kid and you're in it, it's great and it's amazing. But from an outside standpoint, I just don't understand it. And I, I don't know. You know, I, I, it's very, it's very similar to acting for little kids. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of parents out there that, that like want their kids to be stars. You know, they do. So their kid would like, when I, when I lived in L.A., you'd see that like people to move in their kid, their kid wins a talent show. You know, at a, at a, at a local level, and then, um, and then they, and then they go to a, a bigger level through an acting class, and they, and they win another you know, award and they're like, all right, well, you need to get an agent. You need to move to LA. So then they do, they'll pack up everything they know. I know a family did, they were from Oregon. Their son was a talented young man. And, uh, he, um, he's blonde hair, blue eyes, cute kid, you know, um, I'm, I feel like I got a cop, but it's not mm-hmm. happening. You don't need to be on this phone. It's all good. Um, so, uh, they packed up everything. They put, they rented their house. They um, uprooted their life. It's, it's uh, the mom and the dad. The dad had, had just retired, um, and uh, 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 it was the, the boy who was mm, 10, 11 years old, and then the, his little sister who was like five or six. Um, and he's got an agent. He's got a manager. He's out there, and they're, and they're sending in uh, you know, reels, and they're, and they're doing auditions every day, five, six times a day. Just hammering the streets, and and this kid's like he wants to be a star. Yeah, and 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 so, in the meantime, his little sister is this cute little Shirley Temple, cur- curly haired little you know spunky kid. She gives two shits. This isn't about her. This is about him, right? So in the meantime, they're like, well, maybe she wants to do some some background gigs just to you know to keep us busy or whatever, because they they like they didn't plan on making a lot of money while there, so they were prepped to just. You know, they're just, they're not looking to make money, but they want their kids to be busy. So, um, she starts picking up background gigs and she starts getting more shows than he does, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like, what are we here for? You know, we've given up our entire life in Oregon in a beautiful place in Oregon, go fishing, go kayaking, be out in the woods, be like, have a regular life, be with your friends that you grew up with, all these things for him to be a star, and it's not happening. And that's like 90% of the people that go yeah, there. It's a, it's a hard gig to follow, and it's a cutthroat business. Yeah, it's, so, it's crazy. I do want to circle back. You had mentioned um, you found someone initially who saw maybe past your outside. And I just want to put it out there. like as, you, as we all, listeners, you and me, encounter people, we don't know what they think about themselves. Right. And so I think it's just super huge. And you could be so, you could be such a positive shining star for someone just to not look past the superficial shit. Mm -hmm. You know, give them the opportunity to see themselves in a different light and a better light. And, and don't sit here and judge people and don't sit here. And I mean, 
if you're listening and you didn't, if you didn't just listen to Ike's story and think, oh, fuck yeah, man, there's some hope for humanity. Let's just be kind <laughs> to each other. I mean, I, I just, I don't know how, how to articulate it, but I hope everyone understands what I'm saying. I think they get what you're saying, man. I think be nice to each saying. other. Yeah. Just be a good fucking human. Exactly. Just be a good human. Like, People are different. Yeah, It's man. okay. Well, yeah, and it's, it's, that's, it's, it's so fucking easy to say when we're adults. True. When we got Very kids, true. you know, it's like my, uh, my stepson's in middle school right now. And, you know, when all my kids went through school, social media was starting up. And I never felt worse for a generation of kids going through middle school and now elementary school and high school with the, the, uh, the prevalence of social media. Like back in the day, you know, take my, my, my uh, situation, for example, where I'm getting weighed, right? You know, some little fuck, I'm going to say this with all the love I can muster, would be recording that shit. Yeah. They'd have their phone out on the sly, you know, recording it, and then that would get blasted all over the, 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 the social media networks. It would get put on YouTube, and everybody would be putting it on Snapchat and all the, all the other platforms out there that I know fucking nothing about. It would be everywhere. Yep. And, and then I would go home, and my phone, because I've got to have a phone, would be blowing the fuck up, and people would be hitting me up and, and, and throwing it in my face, and then there'll be people trying to help me out, my friends, be like, don't listen to them fuckers, all these things. You know, it's like you got to have people like that in your life. But at the same time, the, the overwhelming sense of, of dread, I can imagine when a kid goes home who, who unwittingly has an experience that they didn't know was recorded, gets recorded and it gets blasted out there. Yep. I would not want to show my face in school the next day. I would not. I, I, I wouldn't want to leave my, my fucking room. Well, right. And then, I mean, that just gets into the whole, th- there's, there's a mental health crisis in youth today. Oh, Why man. do you think that freaking is, people? Yeah. Because kids are assholes to each other. Mm-hmm. And they have all these abilities to be assholes, and half of the time they can be assholes anonymously. And you just constantly sit here and you peck and you peck and you peck at this poor soul who just wants to have friends and be happy and be himself or herself. And it's just, ugh. Well, yeah, you know, so it's, it's so hard because I used, to, I used to be so angry at those kids, at those mean kids. You know, I used to be so angry at those mean kids that would say mean things and, and try to tear me down, you know. And then, and then as I got older, I would get angry when I would see, you know, um, I would see it from an adult standpoint, like when I was in my 20s and 30s, and, and I would see kids being mean to other kids and picking on them. And I was just like, oh, that kid's just such a piece of shit. You know, and it's like, he's not a piece of shit. She's not a piece of shit. They're, they're a human trying to figure their shit out, and they're not getting the guidance they need. Somewhere along the lines, they're, getting, they're, getting, uh, they're not getting what they need. You know, um, there's that say, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. You know, so somewhere along the lines, they're hurting. Their shit's not getting addressed or taken care of or being acknowledged in some way, shape, or form. And it's so hard to, I mean, I, I'm i a dad. I had middle schoolers. To try to connect with middle schoolers and try to be a person that's like 
they can talk to is fucking, oh, it's so almost impossible. I mean, you just, you show up every day and it's like you get one word answers at every fucking question yeah, you're yeah. sending to, how was school today, son? Fine. Yep. What'd you do today? Nothing. It's, and that's what you get. So it's like you're trying to like pry off like uh, uh, the lid of a can with your fingertips, you know, when there's, without a can open. That's what it's like trying to get a conversation out of these kids to try to get them to open up. And I get it. I, I didn't want to open up to my dad. What, the, what was he going to do? You know, he's the one that makes me clean up walnuts out of the backyard. I, I didn't, you know, it's like, so when you talk about the mental health aspects, where do you, these, these kids that, that are mean to other kids, they need help too. Mm-hmm. They need someone to talk to too. And, and they, they kind of ride this high of being the bully, I think. They kind of ride the, the status of being tough and, and being person that doesn't need help. But they need to be connected with just as much as the other kids. It's just they're the, they're the oppressors in that specific environment. Yeah, I agree. And I think especially in the, the, the surroundings we are in, you know, regularly, you see that a lot with, with dealing with youth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's just, yeah, I, everyone is broken at some level. For sure, and I think it takes a a very level headed and empathetic person to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, well, see, I, I I struggle thinking that everyone sees it that way. I don't think everybody sees it that way, but I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah how do you how do you how do you fix that? I don't know. I think you model it. I think that's a honestly. That's the only way you're gonna. Um, the only way you're gonna you're gonna like get through to people in a way that is authentic in a way that's gonna stick. I think it's just people have to model what that looks like. Leaders, mentors, parents, uncles, grandpas, whoever it is, on a daily basis. If we if we model the behaviors, if we model empathy, if we model love, if we model kindness. And forgiveness, and and forgiveness not just for others but for ourselves, then I think that's when you're going to see the changes in, in in the youth that see that. Um, now now, who's going to model it? You know, mom and dad. If they're, you know, it's a two income household. Oftentimes, um, it's uh, uh, that's tough, man. It's tough because you're busy and you're hammering away and you're getting work and you're and you're paying for this house that you think you're supposed to have and you're paying for all the all the gadgets and gizmos that you think your kid has to have and you're paying for the the two cars and 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 uh, the traveling soccer leagues and and all of those extra things that that we think are important because our kids think they're important because everybody has them. It sets up this this uh, really difficult environment. To show up every single day in a in a really aware way, yeah. you know, um, and 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 kudos to all the moms and dads out there showing up every single day, doing the best they can. Um, it's a it's a tough job. It's a tough, tough. Just it's the toughest job because the responsibility there's there's no other greater responsibility than raising a kid. None in 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 my life, in 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 I've never experienced 
anything of a higher responsibility than raising a kid. And I can, I can count on two hands and two feet how many times, and, and ten times that, how many times I feel like I've failed. But everybody fails. Everybody makes mistakes when you're raising kids. And so if we're showing up with love and compassion and we're showing up and, and we're modeling for our kids that we see through somebody's, somebody's uh, faults, somebody's, uh, I, I don't even want to call them faults. Like when I was a kid and I was fat, it wasn't a fault. It was just where I was. You know, but if we can see through that, like you said it way better than I'm saying it right now, just to, to see past the, this, the shell, to see, to see past that to the inner good person, to the person that's beyond the armor or the shell that we're putting out there to the world. You know, and I can look back and I can say that's one thing, you know, when I said that before, that, that my ex-wife, she saw past that superficial shit, yep. you know, um, and it was a breath of fresh air, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, for, for those of you listening, to, to put that out there to make an effort to see past the surface. Yeah. I'm going to say this about parenting, and this is, this is going to be directed towards one of our listeners who I know is listening because he talked to me a little bit about this after one of our episodes. But look, man, parenting is hard, but you're not in it alone. Every parent thinks it's hard. And the fact that you are self-aware enough to be worried about one little mistake only proves to me that you care to try and do the best and that you're doing your best. Like if you make a mistake and you recognize you made a mistake and you feel bad or self-conscious about that mistake, all that's telling me is that you have the presence to at least be trying so hard that something that's not going to affect anything is affecting you. And that means that you're a great parent. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? It does make sense what you're trying to say. I, I, it's... Like what would be more concerning for me if a parent came to me like, oh man, last night was hard. I lost my temper because so-and-so wasn't eating their chicken nuggets for dinner. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you're reflecting on it and you know you lost your temper. You're yeah. getting better. Versus what? a parent who goes, I went to bed and let my kid put themselves to sleep and made themselves dinner and they're four. Okay, okay. We got we to gotta talk about some self-awareness here. Yeah. Well, that, you know... So it's what's tough about parenting, what I think about when you mention that, um, and, and to your friend, um, you say he's going to listen, so I, you're listening, I'm going to take that for, for what it's worth. Um, there's, we don't get born with this fucking playbook, you know, we don't get, we don't, our, our parents, when, 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 like, when, when our first kid is born, our parents don't come up and say, okay, so these are all the things I wrote <laughs> down that I fucked up when you were a kid. Sorry, you don't know about half of these, but this happened. You know, we don't get that. It's, it's, it's like if you're lucky, you have some parents you can call. You can feel comfortable to call and say, hey, I don't know what to do here. I'm kind of lost. Like, I don't know what to do, and I'm fucking up, you know, or you have a friend like you that you can talk to. You know, you have people around you that you can lean on because – we don't get a manual. The only thing we get is our memories yep. from when we were growing up. 100%. You know? So I, like when I'm talking to like the kids at the, at the, our group, our league group, um, I call it a toolbox. So we get a, we get a toolbox full of tools or maybe half full of tools that from, from our experiences when we we're growing up 
And, and those are tools passed down from our parents, right? And so we use those tools to raise our kids. And sometimes we get a really fucking shitty toolbox. It's rusty. The tools don't work. They're stri- like stripped out. You got a you got a wonky ass screwdriver and a hammer. That, <laughs> it's that hammer that that you remember the hammer back in the day that had the screwdrivers in it. Did you ever have one of those? No. Oh my god! It was like the biggest piece of shit. It was one of those I was seeing on TV things. It's like it's a little a little silver hammer. You couldn't hammer a, a fucking finish nail with it if it's to save your life, but. If you unscrewed the handle, there was a big flathead screwdriver in there. And then you unscrewed that handle, and there was another oh. screwdriver. And it had, like, six different sizes of screwdrivers in there. And it was like, it's like a Swiss Army or, or a survival knife. Did you ever have one of those? Yep. Okay, it's like a survival knife, but it has a hammer. It's like, a, what are the little Russian dolls where they just keep getting yeah, smaller that's and smaller? exactly it's what it was. One of those one of those deals. Um, so you got one of those, right? And it's like, and, and it's made of soft metal. And so when you try to use a screwdriver, it fucking bends. And, and, and it's like, it's, it's never the right size. And... It, what it, we get what we get you know and and as a parent and it sounds like your your buddy's like on this path where it's like i want to give my kids a better fucking toolbox than i got yep you know and it's and it's not a reflection on my parents they're they're trying to give me a better toolbox than what they got you know it's it's all a progression you know so we're just doing our best every single day trying to raise these little human beings and not let them fucking die on our watch. That's what we don't want to do. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh man, like how many times when I look back at my kids and like, oh, oh fuck, man. I remember. So sorry guys, if you're listening, I'm going to, I'm going to out you on this. So my son is sitting at the top of the fucking stairs. Right. And he's so proud because he's holding his, his baby sibling. He fucking drops her or him. Down the fucking stairs. <laughs> we won't say which one. Down the stairs. You know? And I'm like, oh, my God. They're going to die. You know? And it's like you run over there and you pick them up and they're crying. They got a big fucking goose egg on their head and all these things. And it's just like, I'm a shitty father because I let this happen. But it's like, no. This is life. Like, like we do our best every fucking day as parents, especially when they're little and they're growing up, man. It's like there's so many opportunities to like to learn and to and to build that toolbox better for them. So show up, showing up and caring and modeling and 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 understanding that you're not perfect and you're doing everything you can to be the best dad or mom you can be is all you can do. That's all you can do. And sometimes it just gets overwhelming. And you throw a fucking iPad at them and you say, "Leave me alone for an hour," and that's okay. It's not like leave me alone for two weeks, but leave me alone for an hour because. If you, if I don't have this time, I'm going to, I'm going to implode. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's, it's just hard, man. Yeah. And, but there's people out there that get it. Well, and for me, for instance, I've got two little ones, right? This is one of the huge joys of my week is coming to converse with you because it's just a little time away. It's a little time for me. Mm-hmm. And not that I couldn't get that, you know, in a different fashion, but it's just constant when you're around those kids. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, no one's perfect. Do what you can. Yeah. So, so it kind of makes me think of, so the, um, the, the buzzword these days, and I, I say these days, I'm just, I read it a lot, is this self-care, self-love. And it's like, it's on the front of magazines and I see it on Facebook and I see hashtag self-care, you know, and it's like, it's like people taking time for themselves. You know, and, and, and it's, it's a little cringy for me 
only because it's like I feel like it's like a way to monetize being healthy. It's a way to right. it, 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 you know it's 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 a way to to uh, um, to hashtag to to make a post about it to um, for for magazines to sell another magazine to to on the cover it says you know hashtag self self care you know and it's important to make time for yourself. If you don't make time for yourself, you're going to burn out. You can call it self-care or you can just fucking do it. You know, um, maybe, maybe for some people, and I'm, I'm, maybe I'm naive to this because it's not the way I think. I don't think in that way, but maybe it's a, it's a situation where um, somebody has to call it self-care and they have to put a, a, a label on it for them to get behind it, you know, but whatever it is, it's like, it's really important. Like you just said, you got to still do the things you do. Like being a dad is a, is a big part of my life. And, and when my kids were little, it was a way bigger part of my life. Now they're older now. So I have more time to do the things I want to do, but that doesn't mean I still didn't do the things I, I needed to do for me when they were little. Because you can get burned out. You can sit there and overthink every decision. You can sit there and overthink every little thing that maybe you messed up on. And, and sometimes you just got to be able to turn it off. And I don't mean turn it off like, like, you know, diving into Facebook for three hours. Because that's bullshit. Yeah. You, that's not, that's not self-care. That's not, like, that's not taking care of yourself and, 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 and getting your mind healthy and your body healthy again. You know, um, I, I can tell you, like, some of the things that I do, go for a walk in the woods. Even when it's cold out, go for a walk in the woods. Go to the gym. Doing this right here, sitting having conversations with you is amazing because I'm not thinking, I mean, we're talking about life, but I'm not stressing about it. Right, right. You know? It's pretty casual. Yeah, this is pretty casual. Drinking a cup of coffee and just enjoying enjoying the time away. I'm not in the house. I'm not thinking about that kind of stuff. Um, so part of, part of building that toolbox is is being able to openly reflect on the process outside of it. So not when you're sitting at home looking at a stack of laundry and a stack of dishes and 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 it's thinking about its tax time and all those things. It's just, you know, in the springtime, if you like to play golf, go play nine holes of golf. Talk to your buddies about life. Commiserate. Like that's what it is. That's what you get to step away from it and you can and you can feel um, the pressure kind of lift a little bit. Yeah. So, for what it's worth, that's what that's what I think. No, I agree. And uh, I was talking to my wife about this. It's just she's like, God, I wish she has friends too. Obviously, right? Everyone has their couple of close friends. Mm-hmm. She goes, I just with COVID. She goes, I just wish I could get together with them. And it's like, okay, well, schedule a time and get together with them. Like that's my thought, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just I think you know spouses especially just need to talk. Like, if you need two hours a week to go record a podcast or two hours a week to get out of the house and just do something to take your mind off of being a mom 24-7, like, mm-hmm. just communicate with your spouse and spouse, be receptive to that. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I got you for that two hours. No problem. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Spouses, we don't, we don't read each other's minds. 
This is this this is this fucking this is a trap. I'm gonna call it a trap. It's fucked up, but it's what it is. And it's not a trap perpetrated by each other. It's a trap perpetrated by by like the movies and and, and all all that shit. Like the perfect spouse and you're supposed to know what I'm thinking. You're supposed to know what I'm feeling. And it's like, it doesn't really work like that. For me, it doesn't anyway. It's like, I have ideas. Half the time, they're fucking wrong. <laughs> it's like, really, it is. And so it's so it's like, you know, I can put my best guess out there to, to, to what my wife is feeling. Um, but nothing beats just saying this is how I feel. You know, nothing in the world. And it's hard. It's hard because all of a sudden you're putting the attention on you, on me. I'm from, Even for me to say, this is what I feel, that's one of the hardest things. I, I've struggled with that as a, as a spouse, to say, this is what I feel. It's, it's like, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to feel bad about the way I feel. But if it's really the way I feel, the only way my spouse is going to know that's how I feel is if I fucking say it. Sure. You know, sure. so so in any age, if it's not a spouse, if it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend, or, or, or even just a best friend, if it's a dude, it's like, just say how you feel. And so much good comes from that. It, I don't know why, because it's, it's scary for me. I, I don't know why it's scary, but it is. It's, it's like this, it's this weird thing. And, and I, maybe I'm just talking about me here. I don't think I am. But, but it's like, it's not easy to do. Yeah. You know, to, to say, honey, like... I know you got this podcast thing and you love it and I want you to have that. When you get back, I'm going to need to take off for a little while. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go get some, some coffee with my friend and, and we're going to talk and I don't know when I'm going to get home. And you know what? That's what I need. Great. Because nine times out of ten, it's a fucking relief to, say, to be able to say, take it. Now I know. Yeah. You know? It's like... Yeah. And I'll be the first to admit, I am a poor communicator. Uh, word. <laughs> I'm a poor communicator, man. And when I say things, uh, it's it's relatively direct. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i not great with beating around bushes. It's just to the point and direct. Mm-hmm. That's just how I communicate. And I don't know. Well, we all communicate differently. So I would say that, um, you know, who you're communicating with, like to me, you're not a poor communicator. I know exactly what you fucking think and what you want, but I'm not. I'm not your spouse, <laughs> so so it's like it's 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 how you communicate with the and connect with the person you're trying to get the message to. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, it's communication is is so hard in in a in a um, in a in a romantic situation in in an intimate situation. It's like the number one difficulty. I would I would believe. I would I would, I would imagine that as well, and it's. It's a weird balance point because you have different personalities, right? Like I'm a personality where let's just say I have a shitty day. Mm-hmm. No, I might, I might not. Um, I'm not someone who wants to then go home, relive that shitty day by having to explain it all and then try and move on from there. I'm someone who just wants to check it at the door and go spend time with my boys. Mm-hmm. And so well, I'll share this. Um, so there are times when, you know, you talk about that middle school um, answer. As a husband, there are some times I will answer like a middle schooler to mm. my wife. How was yeah. your day? It was fine. And and I think that's a struggle. 
Yeah, because she wants she, she wants, wants to know. She wants to be. She wants to connect with you. Yeah, and yeah. I just want to be like home mm-hmm. and not rehash it. And I don't know the balance point, Ike. The fucking- How do you fix? <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, dude. Now, if, if if there's an answer for that, anybody who's listening has got that answer. I'll pay you a fucking million dollars <laughs> <laughs> right now, and we're gonna go write a book together. <laughs> no, it's. So in my mind, there is that openness of, of connection without it getting into a, a bad pattern, mm. you know? So I think you can talk about you had a shitty day without dwelling on the shittiness of the sure, day, sure. you know? It's like what, what I hear you say is that, um, is that uh, your wife wants to connect with you. When you get home, she wants to connect. And when you say fine, that fucking sucks, because yeah. she spent the whole day dealing with kids and her own job, and then you're coming home and you got to deal with kids together. And if you can't connect to get into a, a deeper connection, then it's like it's all kind of fucking surface for a little while, and it doesn't feel very good, you know. And so, like, if you can say, you know, I don't know what what you should say because I I don't I don't know how to communicate with your wife, <laughs> but um, it's it sounds to me like like there's just a desire for a connection. When you get home to, to like, because you can say you checked it at the door, you know, like I had a really shitty day and I checked it at the door, but, but you didn't resolve it at the door. You put it aside at the door or, or am I misunderstanding you? Did, like, no, that's, that's accurate. So, so if it's, if it's unresolved and you check it at the door, you just don't want to talk about it. You know, you don't want to bring the bad energy into the house. But if you just check it, somewhere, somewhere inside you, that energy still exists, right? Somewhere, like, you still had a shitty day, you know? So, so I know, like, so I know if I have a shitty day, like, I'll come home and we'll talk about it. It's like, yeah, this kind of sucked and this kind of sucked. But I'm really happy to be home, you know? It's like, so you can say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear you had, had a hard day. You know, that, that really sucks. Um, do you want to talk about it? No, not really. You know, okay, great. Yeah. You know, it's like... Um, I don't know. Maybe just well, and I think there needs to be on either either side of the relationship, uh, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is. Mm. Um, like, what's the expectation of sharing this? So, for instance, um, well, I don't like to share. Mm-hmm. Here, my wife <laughs> is just be like, "F you, you're just sharing." <laughs> but my wife likes to, sh- or my wife likes to share. Sure. And, or, or vent, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm the vent. And so there has to be like an expectation, like, okay, what's my role in your venting? And I've heard someone else say this. It's, am I here to listen and support you and love you? Or do you want advice? Because my response is going to be very different based on that. See, but dudes are fixers. So that's a problem. See, and, and when, when, uh, like, I don't, if I need advice, I'll say something, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not one to just necessarily vent. And so it's just, again, it's just this weird communication. It's, 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 it's the hardest. It's the hardest. So, um, I see a counselor. Um, I used to see a counselor. I like when I, when I get through a, a diff, when I'm going through a difficult time, I'll see a counselor, I don't know, a couple times a month. And, and I, so I think there's there's kind of like a stigma 
around around people going to see a counselor. It's like, oh, you know, you, you got issues. It's like everybody's got fucking issues, and and if we don't address them, then 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 it's like then we carry them wherever we fucking go. You know, we have to at least make an attempt as 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 good human beings and, and fathers and mothers. But I'm going to say fathers because we're two men to to address our shit. Otherwise, we're giving our kids a shitty toolbox. We're showing up at home with unchecked fucking baggage, and 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 we're we're delivering that because I don't want to fucking talk about it. And I'm, I don't mean to pick on you. I'm not trying to pick on you. It's just using the verbiage you you, you said, no, uh, said right. to me. It's it's like when you show up at home and, and it's just like your kids model you, so they see the way you talk to your spouse. They see the communication skills. And so when, when you're, you're modeling those things and you want to give your kid a good fucking toolbox, well, start building a good fucking toolbox. And so it's like, it's, it's so hard. So I, I'm going back to my, my point around this is like going and seeing a counselor has helped me become a better communicator because a counselor is an unbiased outside opinion it's not my buddy saying, fuck yeah, dude, fuck her. You know, <laughs> like, let's order another beer. You know, it's like, that's not what you need in those times. You need someone who can, who can objectively look at you and call you on your shit and say, listen, this isn't healthy. What you're doing right now isn't healthy. And, and communication and, and acknowledging how fucking hard it is to communicate with your with your significant other, it is so hard. It's not like this easy thing. Like I don't know, man. It, 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 they make it look good in the TV movies, and yeah. you know, it's like, but that's bullshit. You know, it's it's like it's not that easy. You know, it it doesn't, and and it's not over in an hour. <laughs> you know, there's no fucking credits at the end of this shit. You got to go to bed with that person when at the end of the night, or you're sleeping on a couch. So that's that's real. And so, I guess like yeah, communication. Of all the times I've been to my counselor, and there's fucking many, many times I've been to a counselor, it's always, always communication. And it's, and it's communication with my spouse and communication with myself. Understanding where I'm at. How do I use my words where, where I'm getting my point across? And then, and then how do I come back to myself on that? Yeah. You know, it's reflection. Yeah. I'm so, going to cover a couple things here. A, your kid's... Uh, emulate you well my kids are fucking awesome so i'll take that as a compliment damn that's fucking nice. right i'm not and i i, I, I part two to this hang on hang on, hang on hang on sorry part two uh i was obviously to our listeners pretty vulnerable there yeah and uh and i appreciate the advice and i just want to emphasize to them like everyone goes through problems guys Fuck yeah. so just be real and then lastly the reflection i think that's huge and and hopefully the conversations that we're sparking here in this podcast is helping our listeners reflect as well, because that's one of the joys of talking with you is just there's a vulnerability so I can say things out loud and then there's feedback, but that allows me to reflect. And I can tell you like, yeah, just talking about this and understanding like, okay, yeah, I'm probably in the fucking wrong here about being short with my wife. Like I'm going to make a conscious effort to talk to her more and more overly, she's probably going to listen to this and hold me to it. So it doesn't matter if, if I can. I can. A, yeah. Good. Well, and so this is my, this is my rosy colored glasses. Like I get accused of this all the time. I'm a, I'm an undying optimist. I always see the positive glasses always fucking half full. And, and when you say what you said wrong, 
it's not a wrong. You know, it's like, I think that's where there's a, there's a fucking trap in, in saying that you did something wrong. Okay. You're just living every single day. You're trying your best and you're showing up. And it's like, we tell these club kids we see on a weekly basis. It's like, if you show up every day, that's the best you can do. Work on improving what you, what you would like to improve on last time, but you didn't do anything wrong. And, and, I, and, I, and I keep saying you, but it's like, I'm not speaking of you, Kyle, in specific, but in general, it's like people fuck up. And yes, there are times when, when we make decisions that we know in our guts don't feel right and they don't sit right with us and we do it anyway. Maybe you could call that wrong. But on, on a specific level, you're trying and, and every single day you're showing up the, the best you can for your family. And right now you said you're reflecting. It's, it's all, that's what we can do. And as men, this is why it's so fucking important to have a good group of dudes and people you can hang out with. We hold each other accountable. You know, we come to the table with, with honesty and vulnerability and integrity, knowing that the person across the table from us is going to hold us to our word, but also honor the fact that we're just a human being and we're doing our best. You know, that's like the best kind of, that's the best kind of feedback anybody can get. And I think that's where being vulnerable, like what you just did right there on this podcast is fucking phenomenal because that's balls right there. That's huge fucking balls. It's just ginormous, amazing <laughs> fucking balls. <laughs> but I mean, to, I got a, I got a swell in my, my <laughs> you need some sacks. What you need? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shameless plug number number seventeen. <laughs> so, but that's why that's why having this, a counselor is a beautiful thing. And there's a stigma around it, but but you can go in and tell this person because you don't give a fuck because they don't know you. You're not going to see them again for another two weeks. They can hold you accountable, and they should because that's their job. But at the end of the day, you can spill all of your shit right on the floor, and they're just going to sweep it all up. And they're going to move on to the next, you know, and they're just going to help you work through that specific shit. And that's what's, and, and, and they're not invested in, in, in your feelings after you get out of that room. You know, they're there to help you get straight in that moment, give you some tips and some advice and, and, and some tools to help you the next time you run into the situation that's troubling you now. So like counselors are, are such a, a wonderful, wonderful thing out there. And, and men, don't be afraid to go see a counselor. Don't, be, don't, don't fall into the stigma that like something like you're less manly or you're less strong. The strongest fucking people I know see a counselor. The strongest, most honorable men that I know, they'll step up and say, I need to talk to somebody because I got some shit I need to work out. And I don't want to bring that home or bring that to work or bring that to my kids or bring that to my friends or, or bring that to the fucking clerk at the grocery store who hates their fucking job and is just trying to get through the day. You know, how many times you see that where someone's just checking somebody out and someone's being an asshole to them. That person needs a counselor. That person needs to talk to somebody and not feed that bullshit to somebody who it's, who they don't deserve to take it. You know, there's a, that's, I mean, this is, so not to make light of this entire segment, but, when you said sweep up your shit, I'm, all I'm thinking is a counselor is an emotional janitor. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, man. They tidy shit up and they help you They help you see the, they take the little fucking dust and the shit that doesn't mean anything 
and they took it and they pull it off the side and, and they'll and they'll tell you a good counselor will tell you, that's bullshit. Don't fucking bring that shit here. What's the real problem? You know, don't give me your superficial shit. You know, and and they'll and they'll and they can see it. They're trained. That's what they do. You know, they're trained to see past the bullshit. And I'm not saying that there's not bad counselors out there. I've gone to see counselors before who like they didn't help me. Yeah. There's there's a, there's um I'm very blessed for the counselor that I have. She is a phenomenal human being. Over the years we've become very close friends at the same time, but she she knows my entire life and she's brutally honest with me when I need it and she and she has a way of being able to communicate with me that that connects with where I'm at and and she's just like she's a a fucking ninja when yeah. it comes to that shit that's what a great counselor does yeah and and that's i i think it's you know if you do make the choice to go see a counselor you just got to find a counselor that fits and operates the way you need them to operate and, and they fit you like not every counselor operates the same way or or can communicate the same way and mm-hmm. that's not to say that one way is better than another it's just that different people need different uh counselors to d- different people need different personalities in a counselor there's yes i yeah there's a um good and it, maybe it's not a personality i think it's it's a it's a skill of connection that that, that i think certain counselors um really good counselors they they know how to meet people where they're at um, without them feeling like they're judging them, without, um, you know, uh, without the... So, <laughs> one of the first times I ever saw a counselor, I was like, I was young, and um, and this is uh, this is probably my ex-wife again. She probably told me I need to see a counselor. So I was young, and I, I'd signed up to go see this counselor. And I, the last thing in the fucking world I ever wanted to do as a young man was go see a counselor. What do I need a counselor for? What are they going to fucking tell me? They're going to psychoanalyze my bullshit. Fuck them. They don't know me. So I went in fully ready to shoot them down, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I don't want people to rest on, on, on like, because I, I, I know men who have seen 20 counselors, and it's like, oh, this is not the right counselor. It's like, well, I don't know if it's a fucking counselor after 20, bro. It's like 20, 20 counselors, and, and you haven't found the right one. Maybe you're just not ready yeah, to you talk gotta, about it. you got to go in there with the defenses down. Yeah. You can't go in there looking for a fight, and then the right counselor is the one that can break down your wall. Right, exactly, exactly. There's, there's good counselors that, that can help you reach that point when you come in. But if you come in fucking ready to, to not talk if you come in ready to ready to shoot down any any answer they have or any communication they have you're never going to get out of it what you need to get out of it you got to come in there ready to be vulnerable you got to come in there and, and and even like my level of vulnerability is way different than somebody else's you know it's like so someone might come in and their level of vulnerability is saying god you know what like i fucking made my kid sit at the table for two hours because they didn't eat their spinach and I feel like an asshole. That's, that's like different than like vulnerability of, of sharing a, a past traumatic experience that has shaped your life, you know? So you get to those deeper levels by starting with the, with the shit where you feel bad because you made your kids sit at the table for two hours. Yeah. Um, so I walked into this counselor's office, right? And it's um, this woman and, and 
it's a professional office and it's really stiff, you know, and everything's in its place. And, and in my head, I just, I already knew what it was about, right? So I walked into the office and she's got this big fucking desk and, and there's, there's three chairs in front of her desk. So she walks in, she says, have a seat. And I looked at her chairs and I go, what does the one on the left mean? And she goes, she goes, I'm sorry. And I go, well, it's got to mean something, right? That's why you got three fucking chairs in here. It's because if I sit in the left one, that means I'm this kind of person. <laughs> and she, she looks at me and she's like, fuck. <laughs> it's like, okay. She's like, no, nope, it's just a chair. And I'm like, I don't believe you. Sorry, I'm going to sit in the fucking right chair just because I said the left chair. What does that mean? And she's like, it doesn't mean anything, man. You can sit wherever you want. I'm like, what if I sit in the middle chair? And she would, occasionally there's three people in my yeah, office. I, w- I was I was armed to the fucking teeth for war when I walked through that door. I was ready, man. I had my flag jacket on and fucking grenades. And <laughs> I had my bazooka. I was ready, man. I was like, this shit, she's not going to learn anything about me. Because I, I just wasn't ready. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and that's that's my shitty toolbox, man. Well, you're building it. I, you're building I, it. I am. I am. I I. I I feel really great about the man I have become full well knowing that I have a long ways to go. Sure. You know, um, and I, I think that that's helped me, like we talked about before, going back to that experience I had when I was in, in uh, sixth grade. All of these points in my life that, that almost broke me, you know, it's helped me to understand that there's no pinnacle there's no there's no top of the mountain there's always like room to grow and always room to to improve and make myself in 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 my mind in and by my definition a better man you know everybody's got their own definition of what a better man is i've got mine and mine is always one step 10 steps beyond where i am you know um and but i also am very compassionate with myself and understanding that that, and this is something that I got through my counselor, is that, is that I'm broken. There's, there's these pieces of me from when I was young up until now that, that, are, that have been broken. And, and so I have to treat myself with kindness and love and understand that, that all, those, all those broken pieces of this little boy, they still exist. And it's really easy to, I shouldn't say it's easy anymore, but it, 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 at times it's really easy to step back in and be that broken little boy, mm. you know? And then when we act out of that place of being that broken little boy, we're not being a mature man showing the world all the tools we've earned and, and gained through our lives. And that's okay, you know? And we can be compassionate with ourselves and, and, and feel that, um, that tomorrow's a new day. You know, and and that and we got to be forgiving of ourselves. Acknowledge that that we're just human, you know, um, and say that tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to show up and I'm going to I'm going to bring my toolbox again, you know, and I'm going to and, and instead of going backwards, I'm going to I'm going to go forwards, and I'm going to use this new tool that I learned, you know, and the more you use it, the more powerful it becomes, to where it's it's a it's a part of your box that you don't even have to reach for it. It's just there all the time. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. Um. Yeah, no, that's good. Hey, I tell you what, uh, I need to go have a restroom gasm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you sick fuck. That's awesome. <laughs> so why don't we uh, play a quick 
clip from our sponsor, and uh, <laughs> we'll be right back. Sponsor? We're not sponsored. <laughs> Who are you guys kidding? But speaking of sponsors, you know we're not. You know we're not even monetized right now. So here's what we need you to do. We said it last week. I'm going to say it again. Share this bad boy with your friends if you like it. That's how we're going to grow. That's how we're going to keep it rolling. And that's what we got for you, fellas and ladies. You know, Sax, I know you're listening. <laughs> you're fucking your badass underwear. We will, we will, like, I'll put pictures up. Kyle will put pictures up because I don't know how to do that. Um, we'll put links in. I'll let you. Have you got your pair yet? Did you order them? No. I oh, looked you, at them, though. Okay. I started trying to gauge which one I wanted. Okay. They're, they're dope. And then Aftershocks. Those yeah. are our two sponsors that are not sponsors, but I'm going to talk about them because, fuck it, I love them. So what are you going to do? So in this sponsor segment, just clarifying, we are not sponsored. Uh, <laughs> no sponsors. And with that, we'll be back. We're back. We're back. Hey. Hey, hey what's up? everybody, what's up? Um, so now that we're not in the sponsor segment, um, <laughs> yeah. I, so, so my buddy Bill, and uh, I've said his name enough times, it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Um, so he's... He looks at this, he's like, oh, man, what are you going to do? How are you going to get more people? And, and like, this could be this thing. And, and for me, it's, um, I have a hard time, I don't want to think about it that way. Because I don't want to change the way it feels. Because I think the way it feels to me is, is the most important part about what makes this fun. And, and I think what makes it valuable to listen to, to other people is that I'm not trying to sell anything. No. We're not trying to sell anything. And I think that's the beauty of this for us, for me anyway, is that is that I'm just doing it because it's fucking fun. Exactly. You know, it's like it's just it's just refreshing. It's a it's a like you said, it's a little it's a little break. Take a little little step away and um, shoot the shit a little bit and and it's just it it it, it makes me feel good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and so when I joke about sponsorships, I don't think there's an actual like I don't think anyone would sponsor us, but again, we do this because we want to, mm-hmm. and and the reason we I sit here and push sharing uh, sharing with your friends is is because we're not about that, right? Well, and so and yeah. so if it doesn't grow, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the feedback's fun though. The feedback is is really fun. Yeah, and it's 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 fun to look at the analytics and be like, oh, cool, you know, thirty people listen to this episode. Like mm-hmm. that's fun. Yeah, but that doesn't affect what we do here, right? At all. Now I will say. You know, if we ever got to the point where we wanted to make that decision, there are easy ways to add like a monetization feature, just like a YouTube video where it's just like an ad would play in the beginning. Oh, really? Um, and I don't well, think that would take away from us, but it's like, eh, whatever. I don't really yeah. care. I just, I want, yeah, at the end of the day, I want this to keep being what it is with for us. Yeah. And I want our listeners to enjoy it. But it, it would be cool to see the listenership expand. In a in a level of uh, people want to listen. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no, it feels good. It, it kind of goes, you know, it's like it's a it's a weird thing, right? To to say for for me, I'm going to say that it's I've I've had a hard time um, expressing uh, uh, the fact that it feels good when people give me praise. Yeah, you know, it's like oh no no man, that's not a big deal. It's not you know, it's so it's 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 ingrained. That that if you accept praise, that somehow you're some kind of douchebag, um, or or like you think you're better than people, and and then you got a big head and all these things, and and so when I was growing up, 
it was uh, the phrase was, "Oh, he he doesn't he thinks his, his shit don't stink." Mm-hmm. That was the phrase. It's like when you'd see a guy that was doing well for himself or woman who was doing well for herself and um and and like they were enjoying the uh the spoils of of what they sowed. It was like, "Oh, he thinks his, he or she thinks their shit don't stink." And it it got stuck in me my whole life that you you're not supposed to like feel good about your accomplishments. You're always supposed to downplay them. And, and it's, it's, there's a way to feel good about what you've done without, um, without it becoming an ego thing, Yeah, you know, but it's, a, it's a hard, fine line to, um, to express joy. So it was the way I do it to, to make me feel better about it without, with also the little fucking judge that sits on my shoulder that's like, don't sound like a douchebag when you say it is like, so when we were in LA, um, when my wife and I, we, we lived there for a few months and I couldn't find a job to save my life. Um, and I think like, like a job job, you know, like there was all kinds of like side gigs and shit you could do, but like a job job, it was hard to come by. And I think just because the process is when there's a job job open and there's, uh, 17 million people in LA County applying for jobs. Um, it's a long wait till people get back to you because people did eventually get back to me, but it was like three months later. Anyway, it's a whole different thing. Um, so I started doing this background acting and, um, turns out I was pretty decent at it. You know, they kept calling me. They wanted me to do shows and, 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 uh, um, I just, I had done this show, uh, um, it was a uh, uh, American Family, something like that. Um, uh, I can't think of the name. Anyway, um, I was uh, uh, I was playing a, a Civil War era soldier in a reenactment in the in a TV show, and um, and it was so much fun, man. Like I got to wear all these crazy clothes. It was hot as balls because it was in it was in LA. It was like 105 degrees, and you're wearing and it's like for fucking real Civil War clothes. It's mm-hmm. like I was wearing canvas, heavy wool shit, carrying around a, a fake musket, but it was real musket that didn't fire. Anyway, so we're doing this, and at the end of the day, it was just like I was talking to my wife, and I said, I said, I just feel so fucking lucky to do this amazing thing. Like, like I, I feel really, really lucky that I get to be part of this amazing thing and that I've been blessed with being somebody 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 else wants to have part of it you know and it was like that was the best way I could say it at the time to express that there's something I'm decent at you know and I see decent I didn't, I didn't want to say the <laughs> fucking word good you know it's it's a hard thing what is that why why is know. it so fucking hard to express that we're good at something well a you're assuming we're good at this <laughs> I, I don't even mean I don't mean this I mean in general oh, yeah know? in general I don't know. I'll I will say there's just like a You just did it. Wait. You just fucking did it. You just said you're assuming we're good at this. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call you on that shit only because I'm calling myself on it at the same time. How many people have you showed this to that said it sucked? Zero. How many people do you show this to that said that was pretty fucking awesome? Five. <laughs> okay. How many people have you showed it to? Five. Right. Yeah. Okay. So 
we may not be a fucking huge ass podcast, but for some fucking reason, I'm going to do it right there. People want to listen to us. That's true. And and so, or they're just being good friends. <sighs> you're fucking downplaying. I'm it again. downplaying it again. I will tell you, I downplayed it heavy when I shared it with people. I'm like, hey, so uh, <laughs> yeah, here's a little side project. It probably sucks, but uh, if you want to give it a listen, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, go for it. And uh, yeah, any feedback would be great. Yep. I did the same thing. I did the exact same thing. I, when I when I had my kid listen to it, I'm like, all right, you, you want to listen to this thing? Like, I know it's going to suck. I just want you to know. I just want to hear from you what you think about it. Like, tell me all the shit that you w- would do differently or whatever. Like, rip it apart. Because then it it makes it so, A, I don't sound like I, I like it. Because I, I can't possibly like something I do. You know? But we like it. Right. But we do. We fucking love it. Um, it's, I, I full full disclosure here. I fucking laugh at my own stupid fucking <laughs> jokes when I listen to these back. That's how bad it is because it's fun to listen to, even though I know it's fucking me and you sitting here and I already had the conversation. I still laugh. Yeah. You know? So it's like, what is, I'm okay with that, you know, because it's like, it's fun. And, and so why, why can't, why can't we just acknowledge that there's sometimes that there's something we're good at, you know, without, yeah. without feeling like we're a, we're, we're a, a being a braggart. Yeah, that I mean that would could even go back to our parent question, like, why can't you just acknowledge that you're doing your best for your kid and that's great, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Is that maybe there's well, I'm thinking how to say it. Well, there's a stigma. There's a stigma for certainly acknowledging it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and maybe. You know, in a weird sense, there's just a pride aspect. So there is like this continuous growth model thing where you're like, oh, I just want to make it continuously get better. So you're seeking that feedback and you want it to be constructive criticism so that you can make it better. I don't know. That's me really reaching far, man. <laughs> the look on I'm, your face I'm is stretch pain. Ar- I'm Stretch Armstrong right now and I'm reaching well, across the room so heavy. I think that we we don't want to be seen as as that person that is all ego. You know, that person that drives around in, okay, so here's the thing. We were talking about how, like, our sleep schedules early. I don't know if it was even on here or not. Maybe that was before we even hit the record button. But so I was up till midnight last night, right? And um, my wife and I were on our way home from uh, from getting some some delicious Friday fish, brother. It's good stuff. Um, we were talking about, uh, you know, what is this a conversation? What are, you, what are we going to watch tonight on, on, you know, whatever, Netflix or whatever? So I said, you know, I haven't seen The Wolf of Wall Street in a long time. Mm. And I said, that'd be a fun movie to watch because it's just fucking wild. It's just pure wild debauch. You ever seen it? Uh, yeah. Okay, once. so I, I watched it once. The first time I watched it, I fucking hated it. I was like, Jesus Christ, you can't even, like, follow the story and these guys are just like, ah, uh, I couldn't do it. The second time I watched it, I realized how fucking brilliant of a movie it is. The second time I watched it was I saw the nuance in the characters. I saw like the little things they said that I couldn't see before because there was all this (laughs) sex and drugs and shit (laughs) happening in the background. And it was like so overwhelming to my senses. But then the second time I watched it, it's like such a great movie. Anyway, so it's like I haven't seen it in a few years. And so it's like, oh, let's watch that. Knowing full well, it's a three fucking hour movie. Yeah, you know, so 
this guy in the movie, Jordan Belfort, I think is the guy's, is, I know it's the guy's name. I'm not even going to, yeah, I know it's his name. I just watched the movie last night. Um, he's this super egotistical, I drive a white Ferrari and I've got a 170 foot yacht and I added onto it to put a helicopter pad on it and all this shit. Like, we don't want to look like that guy. Yeah. You know, and I think for some reason, we think that taking some credit for something good we did is automatically going to put us up the superior asshole status of, of this, this douchebag guy. And it, it's, it's like, it's so much easier to be self-deprecating than it is to, to, to celebrate your wins, you know, it's, but it's okay to celebrate your victories. Just, you just don't celebrate it in somebody's face. You know, you appreciate it and you take, you learn something from it and you gain something from it and you just, the celebration can be just pure joy and adoration for, for like the people you, you, you shared the time with. But when you take it to that next level, I think is where it, it fucks everybody. Sure. You know, so there's, you don't want to be that guy. I no. think that's where it lands. Probably. And so it's just, it's like receiving a gift. Like I hate getting gifts. Oh, I love getting gifts, but I mm. hate getting gifts. Yeah. And uh, what I mean by that is it's like, I just want to go to my own little space <laughs> and politely and calmly open the gift you got me by myself without you staring at me. Cause I don't know how to react, <laughs> dude. Well, and it's the same with praise. Like, yeah. eh, I'm not going to do it today because it will feel like it's set up. But you, you said some wonderful things about me last week. And uh, so I won't replicate that to you today. Sorry. <laughs> Get over it. Yeah, I'm going to uh, deal. I'll, I'll be all right. But it's like, I'm just like, how do you respond to that? Thank you. Well, that's all you can say. Right. Yeah. And I don't want, I mean, there's some heart and soul and feels into that. And you know I love you regardless if you say it or not. But mm -hmm. it's like. I don't know. You just feel good, but then you feel guilty for feeling good. And you just, I just, you're speechless and it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard to. So one of the most difficult things to do is, is sit in, in, in quiet acceptance of somebody's praise because, um, you know, like, I don't know, like when, when you're a little kid, it's so fucking easy. That's, it's, all, it's all you want. As a, as a child, for me, it's all I ever wanted was, was, was somebody to be proud of me. You know, when I was a little kid, like I'd, there were so many things, like I'd jump over a fucking rock. Did you see me? Hey, mom, mm -hmm. did you see me jump mm -hmm. over that rock? You know, it's just like, oh, you did such a good job. And it's just like, you know, um, with my kids now, it's, it's like when they were little, it's like, Dad, look at me. Hey, Dad, look at me. Hey, Mom, look at me. Look at me. What, look what I can do, and 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 just that that praise and that and that like that feeling that um, I'm good, you know. You want to be told that you're good. You want to be told that that like you're 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 worthy as when you're little. It's like that's how you build that up. Yeah. And I think over time, the world fucks that up, and it's always telling you. To, to, to fucking be better, you know, like you're not good enough. Like you're not attractive enough. You're not kind enough. You're not generous enough. You're not fucking strong enough. You're not badass enough. You're not tough enough. You're not all these fucking things. You don't drink enough water. You don't eat healthy enough. Every fucking day we're bombarded with this, this, this story 
that we're not enough, you know? Um, and, and so when somebody tells you you're enough, it's like, wait a minute, I don't fucking trust you. You know, it's like, it's like, you're, you're telling me something that, that most, most of the, most of the stories I hear, not, uh, not just from specific people, but from the world. It's like, you know, um, that's not what I hear on a regular basis. And so it's really hard to accept that it's truth. You know, like, like if I accept it, it's like fucking Lucy pulling the football out from Charlie Brown. You know, it's like, here you go. I'm going to set this up. It's fucking, it's a 10 yard field goal. Super fucking easy. You got this, you know? And then right when you get there, I'm going to pull that fucker out, you know, because I'm not enough. I'm going to fuck it up. You know? So when someone is, is able to sit in a, in, it's just like, what do you say? I don't know. Like, just say thank you, I guess. Because it's, if it's from the heart, that's all you got to say. Because the person saying, I know when I was saying it to you, I wasn't saying it so you could say it back to me. I was saying it because it's from the heart. I, I don't have any expectation that you're going to say anything. You don't even have to fucking say thank you because it's my, it's my truth. You know? So I guess at the end of the day, just honor that it's, it's somebody's truth. And just have appreciation and carry that love with you to the next person. Yeah. How about that? All right. There you go, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Words from my mouth to your ears. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, I, lo I love this, man. This is, I, and I think it's good. And I think it's good because, because A, I've been told from people that they think is good. So that's a pretty good barometer. But also at the end of the day, like I'm my, I'm my worst critic. Yeah. So when I listen to it, I don't cringe, you know, like, so going back to like the modeling stuff that I did, when I did the modeling thing, the first time I ever watched a playback, a video, I was like, fuck it. I want to crawl into a corner. You know, it's just like, Oh my God, I hate it. You know? And it was like, you know, so if, if, if my own personal worst critic that is in myself can listen to this and not want to crawl into a corner, it can't be bad. You know, I just don't think it can be bad. You know, it's not for everybody. I can guarantee you that, you know, this isn't, this isn't a, I don't, I don't believe anyway, this is a conversation for, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to separate a potential listener, <laughs> but I'm going to guess that, like, you know, uh, a 21-year-old a college student woman probably maybe wouldn't get the same amount of this as a 35-year-old dad going through the shit we're going through that we talk about. Right. You know? So I, I, I can understand it's not for everybody. And I can appreciate that because I listen to a lot of fucking podcasts, and there's some of the best-selling podcasts I've seen on Spotify. Ooh, did I just say it? Yeah, you're a Joe Rogan fan, I think is what you just said. Well, I was just I am a Joe Rogan fan, big time. I I I I like the the way that his podcast works. I like his conversations. Um I like his honesty. Um and I like that he doesn't pull punches and even though I don't agree with everything he says, there's a lot of things that he's there's a lot of truth, you know, and is vulnerable. You know, so I guess that's what I like about it. Okay. Um but there's a lot of podcasts on Spotify that I've listened to that I don't really like. But they don't, I don't identify with them. Like, I don't fucking get all these murder podcasts. There's so many podcasts about murder and, mm -hmm. and, and like serial killers and shit like that. And it's like, I don't get it. And, and, and it's like, I'll watch a serial killer movie 
but that's about it. Like it's like I there's something about that that this this genre that fucking people love. And and for me, it's just not mine, and that's okay. Yeah. You know? See, I'm not a huge podcast guy in general. Um I listen to one regularly, and that's the super nerd in me because it's a D and D podcast. Hey man, there you go. But it's a story arc, and so I just like listening to the story basically mm-hmm. behind it. Uh friend of mine who I also sent this to, Max, down in Washington County. Uh he has a podcast, but his is more about, you know, leadership and uh it's more of a professional podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't really listen to him much in the way of just shoot the shit, no real thing. Like I don't listen to Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I've seen a few clips of Joe Rogan's. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so um, I started listening to podcasts, uh, James Altucher, Tim Ferriss, um, like marketing gurus, uh, people who... Um, just a fair warning. People who <laughs> um, are so they they're like uh, maximize the human potential. Mm. So the, they'll they'll interview like top performers in in every aspect of life, whether it's it's business, it's sports, it's um, it's uh, marketing, it's um, whatever you name it. They they interview the the top performers and try to figure out what their mindset is. And and they and they take little nuggets away from these top performers. Like, how can you use this to make yourself better? Right? It's like it's kind of like a self improvement podcast, but it's in a long form conversation okay, with these sure. people. So I always found that really interesting because I've always been wanting to expand myself as a human being and and open myself up to new thought processes and new ways of looking at things. To because um, I don't want to get closed off. You know, I think a lot of our, our, the environment we're in right now is because so many people are closed off. Um, they got an idea and that's their idea and they're not going to change it. And I don't care what the fuck you say. I'm not changing my idea. And I, I don't want to be that person. So um, I, I really enjoy listening to those. The problem I end up having with podcasts like that, and this is just mine. So I'm not trying to say it's, it's an actual problem. This is a problem I have, um, is that... It it sets this, um, it sets this bar to be somebody that's not me. Um, and what I mean by that is like, there's a guy named Ray Dalio, and he's this financial guru, and he's so smart, and he knows so much about how to like fully optimize your finances for your life and become a multimillionaire and all this shit. And so, it's all about becoming millionaires, and uh, and so. I'm never going to be Ray Dalio. I'm never going to be James Altucher. I'm never going to be Tom Brady. I'm never going to be those guys. I don't need to be those guys. And I think that's where the problem I have with those is like there's a, a level of striving to be somebody I'm not. That's what they're selling. And and, and this is the way I, I assume it. Maybe if, if, if you know we had somebody like that on our podcast and could talk to them and say, that's not what I'm trying to sell. I'm just, you know, they might not be. But a lot of what I hear is, is like, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. This is the blueprint. And the, and the problem with that blueprint is, is that in, in, in my mind, let's take, let's just take business, for example. Um, someone will set a blueprint and you can follow that blueprint. People, people will follow the blueprint and they can make a lot of money. But they can also do that and be really fucking miserable. 
because it's not their life. They're following the blueprint of someone else's life. So when they, when, when they go to sleep at night, they, they don't identify with the life they're living. They don't feel fulfilled. I've met people like this. That's why I can say that. And so when, when you can take the tools you've got and you can look at some of the things somebody did, instead of following a blueprint for how to be a millionaire, follow a blueprint for how to be the best person you can be and using your own skills. And maybe you're not going to be a fucking millionaire. You know, how many people actually get to be the millionaire, right? They always, the, the, the podcasts and, and, and business coaches, they, they sell this dream of this millionaire. Well, how about let's just sell the dream of, of living a fulfilling life. And if you get to be a millionaire in the process, that's fucking gravy. Yeah. You know, so I guess that's, that's I stopped listening to podcasts like that because I felt like, I felt like they were selling, they were trying to sell greatness. And you can't sell greatness. You have to build it. Yeah, and obviously not having experience with those podcasts. I feel like so many of these podcasts or even like YouTube videos are buy my course. And then once you buy that course, that'll give you the nuggets. Mm-hmm. But if you really want even more details, you can buy this other course. And it's all just, it's just, yeah, it's all just selling this vision. And uh, yeah, like you said, you could just focus on being a better person and happier. Mm-hmm. and other good things will follow. Yeah, and it's not to be... Like, that's not to take away the legitimacy of probably many of them. It's just, it's not my style. It's not my uh, It's not my way of wanting to, to grow myself. Is I don't want to sit here and buy into someone's program and then be sold into their other program with this with this promise and this dream and this goal of being X at the end of it all. It's like, I just need, I just, when I deal with people, I just want to have a different outlook maybe, or I want to have um, different perspectives on things so that I can expand my own thought processes. It's so it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so you can, I think that you can use tools to inspire yourself, to, to motivate yourself. Um, and, 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 if you take it to a, a specific level, God, I just did that thing again. Fucking in, in, in. Someday I'm going to stop that. Maybe not, but I hope. Because <laughs> that's one of the things that does make me cringe when I listen to this thing. Anyway, um, so my, my buddy, Michael, and I, um, he uh, it was, when, it was 20, early 2020, spring 2020, when this big pandemic started, yeah. right? Yeah, so... It was um, probably January 2020, my buddy Michael, he says to me, he says, hey, he says, uh, I'm going to a conference in Orlando. Um, and I had a, a guy that was going to go with me, and he's not going anymore. So I got this, um, I got a hotel room, I got a ticket to this conference. If you want to come, just pick up the airfare, and, and we'll figure it out from there. Like, Okay, what the fuck? You know, I'm all about experiences. It's like... It was, it was, it was an early enough spring where my, my landscaping season wasn't like in full tilt. Um, it was a weekend. Um, it's like three days and it was like, and it was in Orlando and it was still kind of cold here. So it's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. You know, what, what do I have to lose? You know? So the guy's name is David Bayer. Okay. And he's a, he's a coach, a life coach. Um, I think he's kind of more than that now. He's like, uh, uh, I don't even know what you'd call him. He's kind of like a, a Tony Robbins kind of guy. 
Um, I think he, he started out with inspiration. He went through Tony Robbins' program when he started doing this kind of stuff. But he does inspirational videos and he does conferences and he does these coaching programs where you buy into the program for a lot of fucking money and, and then he's going to make you the most fucking badass entrepreneur or, or life coach or whatever you want to be. He's going to give you the tools to be that through his specific program. And um, when we went down there, I, I looked him up. I watched some of his videos on YouTube. Um, and I went down there much to, the, much to the similarity of how I approached that first counseling meeting. I was like, no fucking way. Mm-hmm. This guy, I'm going to show up. He's going to try to sell me his bullshit. And he's going to try to get me to, to drink the Kool-Aid. And then he wants all my money. And, and this is all just some little freebie bullshit thing that um, I, I'm not going to really get anything out of. But I'm going to be hanging out with my bro in Orlando where it's warm. I'm going to eat some good food. I'm going to go to these, these conference things. We, if I want to, if it sucks, we can just dip out. We'll go have some drinks and eat some wings and enjoy the sunshine, you know, more than anything. It's like it's a, it's a, it's a cheap trip, little weekend vacation with my buddy. Um, and who gets to do that? So it's like, you know... It, if nothing else, I'm going to enjoy that part of it. And I had my mindset that this is what it was going to be. So I walked in and fucking music's boom, 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 blaring, you know. And it's, there was like fucking 800 people there. Jeez. Yeah. And this was like right as the, as the COVID shit's hitting, right? So everybody's, <laughs> this was what they would call in today's language, a super spreader event. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was, a, there were, there was <clears throat> a number of people that, canceled and didn't go to this event because the COVID had just started to hit. And at the time I, I was like, I didn't know that much about it and I wasn't too concerned about it. So like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to go, we're going to do this thing. Um, so I get there and, and the, they play this loud music and they get your energy up and they want you to jump up around and, and dance and, and like say hi to your neighbor and all these things to get you loose. And it was like, I'm not doing that. Like I'll say hi to my neighbor. Cause I'm a, I just kind of, I'm a person, people person, but I'm not, dancing around to their to their mind control <laughs> it's like is this you know it's like uh, uh it's like is this is, I, i'm saying it now it's like uh, the way i thought about it was maybe like it's some kind of scientology kind of bullshit thing so um so it's like all right so we we started into this process and his message and his his points about um how to approach difficulties in life were far more broad than I expected. And so I kind of, I dove in a little bit. And, and then you got to the hard sell. At the end, after your three days, he kind of walks you through, okay, so if you'd like to take your experience here with us, and it was a phenomenal experience. I'll tell you why after I explain this part, why it was for me anyway. Um, if you would like to take your experience here and expand on it, and turn, turn your business from a $50,000 a year business to an $800,000 a year business, you sign up for my program and I'm going to tell you how. That's what he sells. For the low, low cost of $25,000 a year. Jesus. So in the process, he, he's... So I want to be generous with this guy because I will say, like, he made it very clear... And I'm sure there's some kind of mental ninja skills that go into to doing it this way. He, but he made it very clear that if you didn't have the money, 
And if you're not ready, then don't do this because it's going to be a waste of your fucking money. He did say that. He's like, if you're, if you're not ready for this, well, we can help you and tell you if you're not ready or not. But there's a level of let us help you tell you if you're ready or mm-hmm. not. Um, so for $25,000 a year, you get this big program all these things in personal one-on-one coaching sessions. And, and then of course you got the 25 or so people that are at the conference that have been through his $25,000 a year program that swear by it. And they've, they've taken it to grow their business by a thousand percent or whatever. Um, so what I did get from this process when I walked away from it was you took a room and you filled it with 800 people that want to make their lives better. 800 people that have the mindset that I'm stepping into this weekend fully open to whatever happens so I can learn as much as I can to make my life better in whatever way that looks like. And that energy concentrated in one place, that's what fucking sells this $25,000 a year program is when you're surrounded by all of this fucking beautiful, awesome energy, and everybody's happy because you're fucking jived, you know? It's like you're, you listen to an amazing soundtrack, you know? Like, if I, could, if I could get the soundtrack from that conference I went to, I would play that in my truck every day when I was going to do something important because it just pumps you up and you feel mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's all very well orchestrated, but it's the people. It's, it's the 800 people that are there for, for the singular purpose of creating a better life. And, and that's like, the, what, what kind of better energy is there than that, right? So if he can use that to get the people there to create the energy, that sells itself for a lot of people. So many people signed up for this $25,000 thing when they didn't know if they had a fucking job when they were going home because they might be a non-essential worker. You know, yeah, at, yeah. This, at this moment, when I saw people raising their hand to sign up for this $25,000 thing, this woman, I heard this woman say, she's like, I don't have $25,000. She's like, but I got a 401k. And, 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 she, and she's like, I can dip into my 401k, and, and it's an investment into my future. And, and it's like, and, I, and you're, you're squirming in your chair I over am, there for the people. people can't see me, but I am just, ugh. So for her in that moment she felt like she was making the best investment she could possibly make in her life. And I'm not going to fault her for that because at the end of the day, she's probably not thinking about her. She's thinking about her kids. She's thinking about her family. She's thinking about what, the, what it's going to be like 20 years from now when, when she's still working the same job that she doesn't like and she's, and she's living a life that she's not happy with. And, and, and she looks back and said, I had a chance and I didn't take it. That's part of the sell, and I, I get that, but there's also some reality to that, to how many people end up 40, 50, 60 years old or on the edge of retirement, and they've got a decent 401K, and they're paying their bills, but, they, but they, they're not living their fullest life, you know, the life that they dream that they would live. So they're selling the dream, and there's nothing wrong with that if you're happy in that state, but I understand why people do it, you know, and part of it is that energy that happens over that period of time. Um, yeah, it turns it turns what uh, I mean. It's a it's a three day sales pitch, and with all those people and all those vibes, you, you turn it into an emotional impulse purchase. Well, absolutely, absolutely, it's no different than my wife is going to have kids. We need a new vehicle, and so you go and 
you've got all the emotions of, oh, you're going to be a dad mm-hmm. and yeah. you don't want to drive around a 2001 Ford Escape, you know, that thing, the airbags don't even work on it. You don't even, it's like, we need something safe for my new kid. And you're looking at three-year-old used cars because you can afford it, but you're there and the salesman's like, oh, and you're open and it's like, oh yeah, we're going to have a baby. And he goes, well, if you're going to have a baby, maybe you want this, <laughs> your, your family's going to grow. Uh-huh. You might want this three-row SUV. I can, I mean, I know it's new and it's out of your budget, but double the price of what you're looking at, but just think of how safe your kids are going to be. It's an emotional purchase. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but, and I, I'm not saying that to do, to take away the points you just made, because I agree with no, those points. I don't, and I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like you are, but I'm, I'm saying from an outsider listening right now, it sounds to me like it was, yeah. I mean, it, the guy probably could have sold one of those things and he does it every time he goes to a conference, sells one, and he's still making a million dollars a year. Oh yeah, he's 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 living all right. I see his videos still. They I get emails from him. Um, so he's selling a dream. Yeah, you know it's it's and it, and it's, that's what all the, like the car salesmen, the fucking timeshare salesmen, like they're selling a dream. You know they're selling a feeling is what they're selling, and and by putting all those people in that room. To get the feeling from yeah, it, right? Absolutely. So, I was, I've I've been to retreats before, enough retreats that that weren't based on trying to sell me something. So when I walked away from there, I didn't feel like I needed to buy something. I just I did have such a high level of appreciation because when I was in that space, I was operating mentally and emotionally on a on a different level yeah i was i was a fucking master level ninja and in, in 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 the way i communicated and the way i showed up in the energy i brought um i had i had such in-depth conversations with people that i had no fucking clue who they were and i've never i'll never see them again in my life but i'll never forget those conversations ever and and so they're they're using that environment as a tool to sell things. I use that environment as a, as an opportunity to grow in myself and to understand when I am operating at my full authentic self, fully vulnerable, taking care of my body, taking care of my mind, getting the rest I need and, and, and engaging in people that challenge me to think differently. I'm a better human being. In, in my own mind, not like somebody else's judgment of my quality of my human being, but I feel better about myself. Yeah. yeah. And so there were people at this conference that had been there. They, he, they'd been to his conferences seven times. You know, they're, they're like chasing the high that they get from these conferences. And they call, I, I don't know, it's like a, a addict. I think they call themselves the conference addicts or whatever. But so they would go to, to um, Tony Robbins. They would go to, to uh, David Bayer, and they would go to um, Melissa Hollis, and they would go to all these all these speakers, and then they would buy the programs because it it made them feel really good about themselves. So, so what I took from that, as as I, trying to, I, there's no circling back here. I don't know where the fuck I came from on this conversation, but what I took from that was was like. I can operate at this level that I feel so great at. What is it about that 
that makes me feel so great? What is it about being here that makes me feel so great? And, and, and why do I like that feeling so much? And, and so I could really dissect that. So I've got a whole book I brought back provided by the conference and about 25 pens because I'm a pen whore. And I, <laughs> every chance I got, I stole one of these fucking sweet-ass pens with their name on it. But, God, they're so nice. It feels so good in my hand. Anyway, so I'll, I'll dive back into that book. Like, I don't know, once every maybe couple months, and I'll just read through it, and it puts me back where I was. Yeah. It's yep. like a little reset. You know, it's like a journal, except, except if anybody is like me, when I journal, I always journal about the bad shit. I never journal about the good shit. When I'm going through a fucking hard time, I journal about the hard times. So then when I go back to my journal, it's just hard. You know, this is a journal that I took about the really amazing shit that I took out of this. So when I go back there, it puts me in an amazing place. Um, that's what I took out of those things. And so podcasts, going back to the podcast with Altucher and, and those guys, they... Um, I guess the difference that I see in, in, in why I like maybe the Joe Rogan podcast more now than I like those other podcasts is because there's, there's like these stories and these connection points of feeling good and relatability as opposed to there's this guy and I'm going to put him up on this pedestal and I'm going to show him off to everybody and say this is what you could be even though there's no relatability, you know? Yep. So that's yeah, I think you have to be able to relate, and it, and frankly, that's probably what makes half those conferences amazing. Is you get this atmosphere, you get all these like-minded folks who probably you can relate with directly, and that presenter is probably super relatable. Mm -hmm. They probably tell a story that is just amazing. I mean, and talking about reflecting back on your conferences and reading the materials again, I go to a handful of conferences every year for my job as well, and you always leave a conference if it's a good conference, if the conference or the presenter did their job you absolutely leave better and with more knowledge and with a different mindset uh, than you went in with it. The question I would have is how long does that last for a lot of people? How many people go to a conference and they live that high for a week or two weeks or maybe even a month? And then, okay, it just slowly fades and they never do what you do, which is read back what they got from that conference to put themselves back in that place. It's just like, they lived it, it was a month, and now it's back to normalcy. Well, I, yeah, I, I totally agree because, so, the first, um, the first retreat, men's retreat I went on in my life, um, one of the things they said was, when you come away, and this wasn't one where they sold you something, this was a... a and a, a, a retreat um, through Mankind Project, wonderful fucking organization for men. Um, I could not say enough good things about it. There's a lot of, it, it can get a little political at times, not political as in, you know, Democrat, Republican political, but there's just politics in any organization that gets big enough and you're dealing with enough people, you know, um, that uh, uh, logistics and, and, and the business of it, it gets a little bit muddy sometimes. But the purity of the, of the project is basically to help men become better, authentic men and, and, and their own personal, authentic self. And it kind of breaks away some of the bullshit stories you've been telling yourself your whole life. So I've met men there from 18 years old to 80 years old, and it's fucking phenomenal. So anyway, you go to this thing, and, and they don't, the only expectation they have of, of a person leaving this retreat is to take what you've gleaned from the retreat and bring it back to the world. So... By starting at a retreat like that, 
it helped me to understand that that's the point of a retreat. That's the point of these of these conferences is that if you go into them knowing that you're going to learn some good shit and it's going to be really fucking hard to take it all away, you, you pick the points that, that mean the most to you. And, and as soon as you get home, you, you, you keep that mindset every day. So, so the hard part is, is that you, when you come back from the retreat, you're in a high. You're, in this, you're, on a, you're operating on another level. And you show up in the world that you came from, not, not the retreat, but the world that you left the retreat for. All of those people in that world, in your life, your wife, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your coworkers, your fucking dog, your kids, everybody expects you to be the person that left. That's who they expect you to be. So when you come back, they're going to address you and treat you and have, have a relationship with you like you were that same person, but you're not. You're still on this high and you're still operating on this other level. But really, really quickly, you fall back into the patterns of that person you were before you went on the retreat. Yeah. So because that's, that's where the world keeps you because that's where it's, it's comfortable. You know, the whole re- reason you go on the retreats, it, the, only reason I, the whole reason I go on the retreats is to make me uncomfortable, is to put me into a place to think about my life differently. But when I come home and, and all of that comfort is there waiting for me to think about my life the way it always was before, it's so easy. It's so easy to slide back into, you know, you go home, you, you, you have some dinner, you watch a show and you go to bed and you get up in the morning and you, you get up with the kids or you take the dog out for a walk or you do those things. And all of these things create this, this perfect environment for us to not change. It's so much easier to, to stay on the path. Even though you just came from this place where there was a path that's maybe just parallel to the one you're on, but, but it's, it's more fulfilling. But when you stop off of that path, you might, you might upset the apple cart on the path you're on. And that's scary. That's scary because things are going to change and change is scary. So I think that's why when, when you come back from those retreats, it's so easy to fall back into that old pattern because that's where everybody else still is. And it's not a negative thing because those are the people in your life that you love, you know, but to show up as this different person, it's like, it's almost like they'll look at you like, oh, you're not yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you have to say, I have to say to myself, no, you're right. I am not myself. I am not the old Ike. See, that's, I think the trap we get into is like, this is just who I am. But if, if you're just who you are for your whole fucking life, and you never change or grow or develop any new ideas, what's the fucking point? You know, why are we here? You know, we're, why am I here? I'm here to challenge myself. I'm here to challenge my ideas. I'm here to challenge when I wake up in the morning, do I believe in the same exact things that I believed in yesterday? Mostly yes, but maybe I look a little differently at this one little thing that maybe I could see from a different perspective. So those, the, the people in your life that left that didn't go through the street, they don't, they don't know what it feels like. They weren't there with you. They weren't there to see the transformation and, and to feel that energy. They think, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're just weird. You're different. And, and it's uncomfortable. Then, then it's like, can I trust this person because they're not the person that left? You want them to trust you because it's your spouse or your kid or your boss or whatever. So it's, it's really, really tricky. So you, one of the things, I, going back to this Mankind Project, they said, 
in the first two weeks when you get back, you're going to want to fucking turn shit upside down. You are. <laughs> it's like people, people have gone through this retreat when they first started doing They get divorces. They go join the military. They, like, sell their house and become a fucking nomad. They travel back to the mother country, wherever they're from, and they're going to live their life trying to figure out who they were and where their roots are and all these things. And it's like you don't have to make extreme changes, but you... But implementing the little changes is almost harder than making the extreme changes. Because when you make an extreme decision, say you, say you, it's like you come back as a young man from a retreat, you're all jazzed up and you love your, your family and your country and all these things. It's like you're just going to join the military because you think that's what the, the greatest commitment you could ever give to anything in the world. So once you sign the piece of paper, it's fucking done. It's done. You signed it off. You're going. There's no turning back on that shit. If there is just jail time and all this other thing. So you're committed. How, how, do you, how, do you, how do I come home from a retreat and commit to waking up every single day and being a better person and have, being more open-minded? Where's my, where's my contract? Yeah, you know? where's your accountability? Where's your, yeah. Exactly, because the people that went to that retreat with me, most of the time, they're not coming home with me. You know, they're not there to say, remember what you said. So that's where the book for me comes in handy, yeah, yeah. you know, but it's, it's the discipline of it is like, it's so hard. I'm not, I want to say this right now. Like I've come back from a treat and, and, and within a month fallen back into all the old patterns, you know, that's where my counselor comes in. My counselor helps hold me accountable. So, um, it's, it's hard fucking work to to consciously step into being a person who's going to grow it's hard fucking work because because a lot of the times the people around me when i'm choosing to be the person that's going to grow they're not in that same place i am and it's not that they are less than it's not that they should be in the same place i am because we're all different and we all grow different times in different ways we can't have the expectations that they're going to even understand what the fuck we're going through. And, and so it's scary as fuck to be that person on the other end of that person who's experienced great growth. Cause it, it, it makes it, it makes that person's life uncertain as well. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the, I mean, so we've mentioned league obviously in this podcast before. So when we take these teen guys onto this camping trip, it's obviously modeled slightly after this, Oh, yeah. This retreat you've been to. Um, a couple things. A, I think it it helps that they do it with people they know. Be, and then we come back and we debrief and we meet weekly still. Mm -hmm. And so they have a group to hold them accountable to any changes. But I'd be really interested to see, because I, I feel like we can see it, even as just once a week mentors. I'd be interested to hear from the parents like, oh, can yeah. you imagine the week after our league trip, a oh. parent's thought on their kid? That would be amazing. You know, I've been trying to think about ways to, uh, to create a little more um, community-mindedness around what we do to support maybe a, a few more young men in our group. You know, yeah. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to increase the numbers and have a little more exposure to our group um, beyond the, the walls of the Boys and Girls Club. You know, I think that there's a lot of a lot of kids that maybe would never that don't that don't come to the club, but maybe that not even maybe would definitely benefit from 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 mentorship. Mm -hmm. 
you know. So that's that's a side note. It'd be great to, to dive into that a little bit deeper outside of our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, continue. I apologize. No, I just it's uh it's just I mean, it's a retreat for these guys. And mm-hmm. it's it's um when you get a new a new guy in league, right? Mm-hmm. And all all <laughs> they all they hear is this retreat, yep, and this trip. Mm-hmm. I mean that puts the bar pretty high, but I I feel like that just shows the impact of what something like that can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and the accountability afterwards is what yeah is huge, especially huge. with the younger. You know, I mean, we're talking teenagers here. You know, I, I struggle coming back from a conference and just maintaining that level of what I've learned or what I've taken taken away from it. And so I can only imagine what a 15, 16 year old guy is going through to just spend three days in the woods mm-hmm. and, and come back and, you know, you're flooded with, you know, we take away their technology. Suddenly you're flooded with your phone and, and all your other friends who weren't with you and your parents. And it's just back to normalcy for them. And so I feel it's huge to then be able to, for us to keep them, or keep that trip at the forefront of their minds just to remember what they went through and what they took away from it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe the implementation of a, um, of a, of a, I'm, I'm going to talk about it here, even though it really doesn't have a lot to do with this podcast, but what does have to do with this podcast really other than what we talk about. So fuck it. Um, <laughs> we could add it. We can implement the whole journaling aspect of it possibly. Yeah. You know, I think that would be a, a a wonderful thing to to expose these these young men into the possibility of journaling. Because the funny thing is, it's like when you think about journaling, who who's who journals? Girls, girls journal. How many how many as you, as a young man did you know any single boy, young man that journaled? No, I never did. Nobody in my friend group all the way up until shit. Maybe in my 30s did I meet the first man in, in my life that actually admitted that he writes in a journal. How many girls get taught at a very young age to journal their feelings? Like, I don't know, like my sisters, like you see it like on television. There's always a girl writing in a di- dear diary. It's, mm-hmm. That's what it is. Dear diary is your fucking journal. You know, you keep a diary. You keep a diary because you can go back on the times and, and you can sit in the pain, you know, like, like I was telling you before, like when I journal, like I, I journal about the painful things. I, that was a habit, but it's, um, you know, back in the day when, when, uh, like when they do movies now and they talk about the, the old times before there was telephones and shit, they would, they was all in letters and journals and diaries, you know, so-and-so kept a journal and every fucking day they talked about the things they did throughout the day. How would we know history if there was no journaling? You know, it's like, so to, to, to look back on our personal history, how are we supposed to remember who the fuck we were if we can't look back and read our own words? That's true. You know? Yeah. I, uh, so I didn't journal, um, but there's a certain phase in my life where I would write like songs. Oh, yeah. That's a form of journaling. It's a form, right? Yeah, so I would absolutely. imagine, I mean, shit. You think of a an, an impactful musician who has yeah. a song that's just not surface and that's all usually going to be 
uh, an experience they had, and they just did the same thing. Yeah, they wrote it down. Right. Or yeah. And I know, um, you know, different art forms of journaling, I suppose, uh, in our teen center right now here at the Bear Book Club, a lot of our teens love to, to draw. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that, you know, they could be, quote, journaling through drawing, whatever they're feeling. Absolutely. Some, Absolutely. some way of expressing themselves. Well, yeah, and they can connect with where they were at that time. I think that's the biggest thing is, like, maybe not even in journaling if it's the words. It's really connecting with who I was in that moment. You know, I can take, I can take the now me that's learned a fucking few things about myself, you know, and look at the, the, the me from five years ago and be like, oh, I was in this really fucked up place and, and I was really struggling with these things that I, I feel like I kind of maybe have a grasp on now. But I can really appreciate what that felt like because all the, 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 it's not the mental memory, it's the emotional memory yeah. that comes back from a journal. So to your point, as an artist, um, photographers, mm-hmm. um, painters, like their art changes as they change. It, it, it evolves. Like you look at like the, the great artists like Picasso and, and Gauguin and Van Gogh and... Um, the uh, Salvador Dali, their art changed as they changed. Authors, the 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 books they write, I mean, unless it's a very specific genre, I think it evolves as they evolve as humans. So it's all ways of reconnecting to that former former self. I believe that that that's their way of doing it, and and we as the world, we just happen to pre- get to be able to see that and appreciate it. Probably because we felt that same fucking way. Yeah, right. You know, we can identify with the way they felt. They just put it on paper or they put it to music or they put it in our ears or in front of our eyes in a way that's beautiful. You know, maybe in a way that we can't articulate it so we can pay them our good hard-earned money to help us relive those experiences in our lives in a way that we couldn't articulate. That's well said. (laughs) I haven't thought of it that way, but yeah. So do you, uh, I don't, uh, this is maybe just me making shit up. Isn't it true, like, if you hear or you smell something, it brings back memories? Oh, like yeah. Like, more, yep. more lucidly than, um, like, just trying to remember it? it yeah, if, I, if I'm actively trying to remember something or if I have a smell. Yeah. Yeah, I've, on a, honestly, I would, I would have to say that, like, Oh, so yeah, I guess when I hear so, so um, a buddy of mine was uh, uh, talking on Facebook and he was talking about the sound the snow makes when it's really cold and it squeaks. It's like when you walk in the snow, when it's really fucking cold out, it squeaks. And my wife and I were taking a hike in the woods the other day and it was really fucking cold out and it was so fucking loud mm-hmm. walking through the woods. It's like if it was, if it was 12 degrees warmer it would be dead silent. Your feet would press into the snow. It wouldn't crunch. It would just kind of press and, and, and release. But, but when you're walking in the, in the bitter cold snow, it just squeaks like a motherfucker. And what this guy was like, he said, how do you describe this sound to somebody? You know, and, and it's like it's, what it sounds like is, you know, when you take the lid off of a styrofoam cooler, mm, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it sounds like. And it, and it creates a feeling in me because that sound fucking kills me, man. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like nails on a chalkboard. 
it it like oh fuck it just drives me crazy you know so it's yeah i guess so yes to answer your question in a really long way absolutely there's there's definitely an uh, an attachment to memories and feelings and sounds and smells absolutely what's one of yours i was just gonna ask you the same thing not too bad man i just told you one of mine oh let's see sounds let's go sounds okay (laughs) (laughs) oh this is gonna be good already i know it so uh every time i hear time by hootie and the blowfish oh shit yeah i think of showering in my parents basement so because i used to back before it was like an individual speaker you know they had like stereos where you had like two speakers and they had speaker wire to the main thing yep and you could so you could place speakers wherever so i used to have a really long speaker wire that i would place in front of the bathroom door because again if you remember last week i lived like in the basement and i would post up the speaker in the doorway of was the it bathroom. A, was it a tower speaker like, i'm trying to pin, paint the picture here it it was uh it was probably like foot and a half tall okay it's just so everybody's listening kyle's using his hands again yeah <laughs> use my hands foot and a half this, tall <laughs> Okay, so it wasn't like old school, yeah. like super big, like yeah. three foot tall speaker. But, uh, and at the time I was fucking blasting some hootie. Uh huh. And so there's something about that song where every time I hear that song, I just think about taking a shower, using some fucking Irish spring. Oh, the fucking Irish spring. You know, and yeah. that's the memory. What's, is there a feeling attached or is it just a memory? There is a feeling attached. What's, what's the feeling? Not that's, a great one. Okay, well, the, but that's the so that's what we're talking about, though. Again, about, because, yeah, is it bring back not a not a mental memory, but an emotional memory, a feeling. Yeah. So what's the feeling? If you don't want to talk about it, I don't. I don't want to press you on this. I'll, I'm, I'll put that out there, but I'm just curious. Uh, it's cool. It's cool. We can talk. No, about I'm it. trying to. I'm just trying to think of specifically how to say it. I don't know. It was it was in that time where I was going through a rough place, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was just a feeling of alone. Mm. Yeah. And uh, and so rather than listening to at the time like something you know more '90s alternative, mm-hmm. a little more depressing, like that was. I mean, it was just hootie. It was your pick me up song. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fuck yeah, man. And I would belt it, baby. Fucking hey, dude, Hootie was a bomb. Like I, I loved me some fucking Hootie and the Blowfish. So I can man. listen to Hootie and the Blowfish, but I cannot listen to Darius Rucker's. Okay. <laughs> so little, little, I'm gonna go on a little story here. Before you go on a story, I okay. need to know yours. Oh, okay. Um, or or tell the story and then come back. No, no, that's cool. I'll, we can. I, I think I can. I, I think I can mentally get there. So we'll just we can give a shot. So, um, so here's the thing. There's a there's a a, a a snack that you can get at stores called Pirate's Booty, okay, and it's like it's like this puffed rice, it's, it's a white cheddar, um, comes in this little bag, and um, so uh, it's like it's like it's, it's supposed to be a healthier snack, um, and it's and it's not uh, so my kids when they were little, um, they didn't do well with gluten. And it's a, it's a puffed rice, so it didn't have the gluten in it. So it was a snack that we, we had around all the time. And the kids fucking loved it. It tastes good. And, and so we, that's why we had it. Um, and so when my kids were little, so this is hard, man. It's like, 
So it brings up a lot of different kinds of emotions for me. So, um, sorry. Um, so my kids and I, when they were little, we used to watch Survivor. Mm-hmm. Fucking religiously watch Survivor. And, and it was, this was back before you could, you could watch all fucking 27 episodes. I didn't have a television. So I had, I'd go to CBS, I think it's cbs.com. And, and so I, we couldn't watch it the day of because it was on TV the day of, but we could watch it the next day. So, so we'd say it was like, it came on TV on Wednesday, we'd watch it on Thursday. So Thursday night, we would, uh, I'd always go to the store. And, and uh, uh, I had my kids every fucking Thursday because um, it was, this was after my divorce. Um, I worked a, a, uh, the shift that let me off on Thursdays, so I never worked Thursdays. So, um, and and we we fucking live for this night, and go to the store, get a couple bags of pirate's booty. We get like a package of imitation crab meat, mm-hmm. a little bit of cocktail sauce, and we sit there in front of my laptop, and we would watch Survivor, and it was like. It's like the most beautiful time, man. Yeah. To um, sit there with my kids when they're so little and so like unfucking changed by this fucked up world, you know. And so when I, it's, I'm not sad. This is like a really happy memory for me. It's just. It just hits me. So, when I smell pirate's booty, it takes me back to this place of like, just pure fucking joy. Yeah. That's... uh. So yeah, I man. I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, that's great. Everyone needs something like that. And I'm so glad that it's a happy one. Oh, yeah. And it's a joyous one. And uh, thank you for sharing. Yeah, man. I don't know what the fuck I was going to say. <laughs> I lost the I'm other so part. So I lost the, no, it's all right. It's all good. I lost, but it's... Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's a good one. Yeah. It's like that that shit happens. What the fuck were we talking about when we? Where, how did we? How did we get there? Just about smells or sounds, songs that you hear that takes you back to a. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what it is. Gotcha. Okay, so so I I put Hootie on a pedestal, man, because I grew up with him and I loved him and I listened to Hootie all the time. But it's like he's up there, right? And so um, Darius Rucker was coming to Alpine Valley, not as Darius Rucker, but as motherfucking Hootie and the Blowfish. All right. And and my wife and I are like, fuck yes, gonna go watch some fucking Hootie, man. Gonna we're gonna go. I've never been to Alpine Valley. Well, I had once before, a long, long time ago. I should with my dad, but to a, a distant enough memory where I didn't remember. Too much about it. 
Um, so we, we're going to make a fucking day of it, right? Get up early, not early, early, but early enough. Hit some of the cool little towns on the way out to Alpine Valley. You know, stock up on some good beers. And, and you know, we're going to do a little pregame, you know, out in the parking lot and and uh, um, get settled in. And uh, the, um, the band that was playing before Hootie... Fuck, I can't think of their name. I want to say it was like Fish or something like that. Um, it wasn't it, but it was somebody like that. Anyway, so we get there, and like we weren't there to see anybody but Hootie. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's all we wanted. We wanted to see Hootie. So we show up, and the first band comes on, and we're just hanging out, and they're amazing. They sound so good. Like It was like a, a really fucking killer concert before another concert. So I was like, this is amazing. So we were just jamming out, and, and it was some, some songs we knew, some songs we didn't know, but it didn't really matter because they were just really great performers, and they were, it was awesome. So Hootie comes up. Fucking sucked, man. Yeah. It was so bad. And I was, I was like, no, no, it's just a bad song. Like, like they're just not jiving yet, you know? Um, the, the, the sound, the audio quality was shit. Like, you couldn't hear him for the first half of the first song. Mm. It was so weird, you know, because he's the headliner, right? So you have, I put him up here. I'm doing this thing with my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Up here means I put him up on this this next level. But the problem was is the first band was above that level already, you know? And so then, so he had some fucking ground to make up, right? But he's got that memory. He's got that emotional memory in me, right? So he's already got the benefit of the doubt because I experienced growing up with him. So he's already got an in. The other people didn't have that. Um, so I'm listening, and, and I'm just looking at my wife, and it's like, is it really as shitty as I think it is? She says, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> so we're listening to the – we listen to Time, and, and, and we listen to the other songs, and it was like, oh. And, and so – we're start thinking about it. It's like, you know what? This is so bad. He's going to break out Wagon Wheel. Darius Rucker. Wagon Wheel. And it's like, let's get the fuck out of here before he breaks out Wagon Wheel. Because, <laughs> like, I just don't... I, I like Darius Rucker. I like Wagon Wheel. Like, I, I, I'm a country music fan, so I, I like... I didn't bother me that he made the shift. Um... Because it's a he's a different he's got the same voice but it's just a different sound yeah so that didn't bother me so much but but at that moment I was so disappointed that I didn't even want to fucking hear Wagon Wheel because I just didn't want him to ruin fucking Wagon Wheel for me because he ruined all these other songs <laughs> like in one fell swoop it's like it, it was so it was like sad like so um so now I have this new emotional memory attached to Hootie mm. you know walking out of the parking lot watching all these stumbled-ass drunk people falling all over themselves and hearing a quarter mile behind me through the loudspeakers, Wagon Wheel. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, man. So now when, when Wagon Wheel comes on the radio, I don't even want to listen to it. No. And, it, and it's like it's, it goes to show when you are going to go and sell something, you need to have a good product, but the product has to make somebody fucking feel something. If you're going to show up and say, this is what I can give you, and you don't fucking deliver, that's, that's like, you, or it's burned into the memories of the people you're trying to deliver to. So whether it's you're selling something or you're just showing up as a human being, 
going all the way back to like how we show up as fathers, those experiences as emotional experiences get burned into the memory of, of like that, that, that life, you know? So we have like, if I'm, I'm not going to say I would never, ever go see Hootie again because I'm willing to give Hootie another chance, you know? And as humans, we tend to have second chances and third chances and fourth chances, especially as fathers. So we can make these mistakes and, 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 and we can come back and we can create a new feeling around our fatherhood as we grow. That's a beautiful fucking thing about being a dad is that every single day we get to wake up and we get to say, I'm going to create good memories and good emotional feelings today that these kids are going to carry with them. I'm going to create some fucking awesome tools to carry with them. And so in, in our lives, we get to carry these, these, these emotional memories. And, and, you know, the one I shared, like that was a good one. Yep. You know, and, and that good one, for some fucking reason, it popped up before any number of bad ones could have. And I, I think that reason is, is because I've, I've taken the things I've learned and, I've, and, I, and I choose, I choose to, to make more good ones over the top of the, of the bad ones, over yeah, the top of yeah. the ones that were hard. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, when you're talking about like sensory brought up memories like that, you don't remember it until it happens. Like, you wouldn't like you could you could think back on yours, but until you opened up some of those freaking <laughs> pirates booties, yep. and you those feelings came back, like you wouldn't have thought that would have happened. Mm -mm. So it's a hard thing to judge. Um, and I think with, with concerts, I think the crowd makes or breaks so much of it. Oh sure, you know we went. So I've seen I've seen lots of bands. Um, and generally, all super positive in their their opening acts. I've been exposed to some great bands as well. But uh, my wife is a huge Eric Church fan. Oh yeah, or, I don't know, huge, huge might not be the word, but she likes Eric Church. Good for her. Eric Church is badass. And so we saw him uh, in Madison once, and it was great, great show. You're mm -hmm. feeling it, you're vibing on it. You're like, fuck yeah, dude, this is awesome. And then uh, we went and saw him at Country USA mm. up in Oshkosh, and it was just, I'm sure he performed just fine. But you're in a crowd of just drunkards, and it's just obnoxious, and people next to you, like, it's more of a casual thing, so people are having conversations, so you're trying mm -hmm. to block yep. out, and it's just, it was, it sucked. It sucked. Don't need to do that again. Where, where did you see him in Madison? I want to say the Coal Center. The Coal Center? Yeah. Okay. Because the Coal Center is a pretty big place. Yeah. Yeah. So, to speak to the crowd aspect of it. Do you feel like it had to do with it being in an outside crowd or was it just like, is it because it was a whole fucking weekend and everybody was just getting drunk all weekend and yeah. they weren't there just to see him or what? I've been to multiple outdoor concerts. Like I used to go down to a warped tour down in Milwaukee. It's more like, you know, mm -hmm. heavier stuff for those who don't know. And, uh, and that was all outdoor and that was great because I mean, you know, it's multiple stages, different bands going at the same time, mm -hmm. but people who are there want to hear their they're banned and it's all, I mean, it's intimate and it can get a little rough, but it's great. And so I think it was more just the obnoxiousness of the crowd at Country USA. I went to, you ever heard of Country on the River? No. So it's in, in the, um, I think it's, I want to say it's in Eau Claire. What's the one that's down there by Dubuque? 
on, okay. on our side of the river from Dubuque. Beloit? No. No, 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 no. Anyways, Country Run River. I want to say it's Eau Claire. But, uh, Eau Claire's it, north. It's not Eau Claire then. It's south. It's, um, uh, while, while we're sitting here trying not to kill some too much dead air, I'm pulling up my, my map. No, 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 no. I'm going to pull up my map. You can just keep fucking guessing. I'm just going to keep naming things. Prairie Sheen. Oh. Prairie Sheen. Just go Cabela's. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, uh, uh, Country on the River. Um, and they used to alternate every year. It was like, um, Country on the River and then, and then Rock the River or some shit like that. So it used to be down by the river. There was this big concert, but then it got so fucking big that they put it out in this big fucking field next to the Walmart. So then we started calling it Country on the Walmart, which is, I don't know, it was a little inside joke. So Eric Church was there and uh, Luke Bryan and a bunch of country artists were there. And we saw some great fucking bands there. You know what the one thing I remember about, one of the one things I remember about that thing? So I got pissed on by some fucking yeah, dude. Fuck. And it was like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know? It's like the I, I had some good memories there, don't get me wrong, but it's like that's the time I got pissed on. And it's not a fun experience to get pissed on. I'm gonna no. tell you right now. No, this dude was drunk off his fucking ass, stumbling all over the place, and all of a sudden I'm standing there trying to enjoy my beer, listening to music I love. And I'm wearing a pair of shorts because it's in the summertime and something's splashing on the back of my leg. And it wasn't. <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, I, and it's like, I can, I, can, I can look back and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, somebody just fucking spilled their beer. And then I turn around and there's this dude fucking pissing on top of a, a, a beer box. Mm. And it's splattering yeah. on it. Oh, yeah, man, just... I was so angry. God, I was so mad. I was, it was a very unfortunate occurrence at that moment yeah you know and so it's like i there's a there's a a level of the the crowd and speaking to like how they can dictate the 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 experience yeah and i i feel like in in concerts like that the crowd has a a a larger amount of power to dictate the experience because there's so many people and it's not a specific show People don't go to to the to these uh, multi day concerts just for the music. They go for the whole experience, you know. And so, part of that experience is is hanging out at your campsite, getting to know people who are your neighbors at your campsite, throwing you know playing beer pong or whatever you're gonna do, um, and having a good time. But also, part of it is are the, these possibly negative things that can happen in, in the process too. That can can that can be your memory. Yeah. You, know? you ever been to a show? Like an intimate concert. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like with a big best. name guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the fucking best. My uh, my buddy scored tickets, and I don't know how he scored these tickets. To it was the guitarist for the band Soulfly. Soulfly is like a heavy, mm-hmm. like they're. Heavy. I've heard of them. I don't know their music, but I've yeah, we've them. seen them at the rave a couple of times. But he was he was big into Soulfly, and he scored tickets for the guitarist, who kind of was branching off. The the band must have split and was doing his own thing. And it was some little club in Madison and uh, he asked me to go with him and uh, the guy's name is Mark Rizzo just an amazing guitarist amazing guitarist and so I'm like oh yeah man that sounds great and having seen him at the seeing Soulfly at the rave I was expecting oh you know it to be in a little bit larger place you know flat floor kind of mosh pity type stuff mm-hmm. and we get to this place and we go up it's this little it was a billiards club and we go up into their little loft 
there's like 20, 30 people here, and that's all that had tickets. Mm. And so this guy just stood up on stage, and so it was so, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. You just, it was casual, so it was just like sit back. It wasn't pressured, um, and you can just take it all in. And it was so, like I said, 20, 30 people. Mm-hmm. It felt special. That is special, man. That's like, it's uh, uh, it's rare to be lucky enough to sit in a space with just a few people to appreciate a beautiful art. You know, it's um, it's a whole different experience because I think it it allows that um your 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 uh your filters are your your filters are more open you know your guards a little more down you're more able to fully absorb the um the experience that you're having in a, in a in a small intimate situation um i think that uh that is the, the in, in my opinion the best way to experience music, live music, is uh, is to be in that smaller setting mm-hmm. um, when, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a shame that more people can't experience that just because people get throngs of fans and millions of fans and then for, for an artist to sit down for 20 people, you know, you know, it's like... I, you have to almost do it before somebody gets to be somebody. Yeah. Um, or when they're beyond being somebody. Um, and I don't say somebody is in like a, a, a good way, just like a, a known way. Um, that it's so expensive, man. It's so, it's, it's like, it's just so, if, it, at times I think it feels so unattainable, you know. But then, then there's times when, when you, you make that effort and you put that time into this is, the, this is what I want to experience. And so I'm willing to forego spending money on all of these other things so I can have this thing that I will remember for the rest of my life. You know, quality over quantity. Yeah. You know. Um, well, I think that is, uh, I mean, that's the attraction of a podcast. It's mm. an intimate conversation. Yeah. Like, this is just us two talking, right? And hopefully, if someone's listening... Still, holy shit, it's three hours, 15 minutes in. Yeah, if someone's still listening, the idea behind, you know, the style of podcast we're going for is to have that listener feel like they're they're sitting next to us, and this is just a three-person conversation. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, we're not, we're not sitting here asking people to come on to give their boilerplate speeches mm-hmm. and have it just be a presentation. You know, we're just hanging out and talking. And so, yeah, hopefully people like it. It's been a long one. I appreciate everyone if they're still listening. Yeah, I appreciate man. you across that table. Yeah, you too, brother. This is, you know, I say this every single time we sit down. This time we're three hours. I'm, and I'm looking at the monitor, so I see this. is three hours, 15 minutes. When you get done editing the little bathroom breaks and shit, I'm sure it'll be a little bit shorter. But So don't use it as a timestamp, people. But I will say this. I just feel like I just fucking sat down, my man. I know. It goes quick. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, I, 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 I check my phone. It's like, oh, shit. It's, it's like, oh, I, I suppose I got, I got other shit I could be doing today. But, but it's, um, I don't, 
right now. This is what I want to do. And and three hours and sixteen minutes in now for anybody who's watching that timestamp is uh, and it feels like twenty minutes. It does. And I hope uh, I don't know. I guess that'll be a question of feedback for some of our friends who listen to this one, or even last week. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like you've sat and listened to us for three hours? Has time drug on? Because if it's drug on, then apparently we're boring. But I feel like we're not because it didn't feel like it for me. No, you know, bringing up my, uh, he's going to love this, my buddy Bill, again. again. Hey, 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 Bill. Bill. Hey, Bill, I don't know you, man, <laughs> but I hear a lot about you. And uh, hi. You're, you're a good fucking dude. Um, he he turned me on to someone that we'd start listening to those early podcasts. He turned me on to listen to it like one and a half speed. So, mm. and, and, and for me, it was, I loved it. And I do the same thing when I listen to Joe Rogan podcasts and his are like three and a half hours. It cuts it down to maybe two hours. You know, I don't do two, you can't do two speed for, I can't do two speed for me because it just, it changes it too much. But at one and a half speed, I still get the feels out of it. I still get the, the gist of the conversation. And I feel like I'm not um, just sitting listening to the same thing for three and a half hours. Because I know that's a big block of time. It's a commitment, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, so, but, but also it's for three hours. Like if I'm driving down the road and I got to drive for three hours, what better way than to, than to listen to something I really love. If it's not, if it's not a podcast, it's music or whatever, I'm going to be listening to something. Yeah. So why not listen to this? I agree. And I think it might depend on also the, the, the podcast and who's talking. Like I recognize in, uh, just listening back. And as I'm even speaking now, like I speak a little slower. I feel like on you do. this. Yeah. Um, a little bit more intentional with my articulation. Um, you, like what you just said, at one and a half times speed. <laughs> dude, That I can't even imagine. That's gonna be right. I, I wouldn't sound like me. No. 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 It's like the first time I listened to, so when I started listening to the uh, uh, Joe Rogan podcast, it was after my friend Bill told me about this one and a half speed. So I listened to him on one and a half for the first 40 fucking podcasts I listened to. And then one day I took him down to one and yo, he sounded like he was in a fucking slow motion. Yeah. And, and bro, (laughs) he would say that. And I'm like, who is this man? I don't know this guy. He's not the voice I know. Bring that (laughs) shit back up to 1.5. I don't know that. So yeah, whatever it is, whatever it is for anybody who's listening to it, man. Just do what you got to do, man. Do this you? Is, this is awesome. Okay. Um, so yeah, we are uh, going to be signing off here. Um, to date, the longest podcast we've had, and I and, told you this shit's going to get longer and fucking longer. Yeah, I think it is, and that's okay. I, it, I, you know, whatever it is, it is what it is. If it gets longer, longer, it gets longer and longer. But today, this is a, a new record. We're almost to three hours and twenty minutes um, on the on the ticker, um, and. And man, I just can't think of a better way to spend three hours and 20 minutes in my morning with you right now. So this is me signing off, saying I appreciate you. Appreciate anybody who's listening right now. Thank you for sticking around for this fucking long. And, and you know, when we come back next week, we'll have some other cool shit to talk about. And hopefully, you know, it'll be something that uh, resonates. Yes. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you later.